on the 12th episode of Pixel Gaiden. Ten. Which Super Nintendo is prettier? Nine. We take a pinball trip. Eight. Nintendo taste test? Seven. What do you do with a whizball? Craft makes more than mac and cheese. There's another apple in Eric's life. Four. It's a splatterhouse battle. We review Micromages. Mech Extermination Force. One. Another visitor. Stay a while. Stay forever. Welcome to Pixel Gaiden! Introducing your host! Eric Nelson and Corey Hoffman! Welcome, welcome to episode 12, our June episode of Pixel Guide In, number one of two. We'll get to that in just a second. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing well. Well, that's just great. I always expect you to say something besides well, but you never disappoint. <laughs> well, you're happy go lucky, I'm a Eric. Pr- pretty happy guy. <laughs> well, it's time for quick questions, don't you think? Questions. Which Super Nintendo was your favorite version? And here in America, it was the big, fat, blocky. Um, you know the one I'm talking about. This is just the first Super I already Nintendo. Know your opinion. And then there the was big, fat, blocky one. Well, I'll tell you my story in a second. Oh, I want to hear yours first. Curvy. But, but then the what they actually called the Super Nintendo Mini, or was it Junior? Oh, I think it was they, Mini. That was another. Yeah, the second one was the Junior. It was the Junior? Okay. So, and that one was a more sleek kind of um, cost-reduced version. Which one was your favorite? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, because I thought you were talking about the Super Famicom. No. SNES. Nope. It was the, the two released in NTSC. Gotcha. Um, I actually, I don't think actually to this day I've ever even seen the Super Nintendo Junior. Oh, because that's the one I have now. Oh, is it really? I didn't yeah. realize that. I So, I mean, not that I'm stealing your question here, but... I grew up with the big blocky one, so that was what I always associated with it. I really liked that version. The blocky but one. When I happened to be looking for one, I couldn't find one that wasn't really ugly, like yellowed. Yeah, that's my issue with them. And so I found a junior for a really good price, so that's the one I have, and uh, I've learned to love it. Yeah, this is my Super Nintendo right here, and mine's maintained color. No, yours is perfect. No, and this is what I had as, a, as uh, when I say a kid, I was in my 20s. Yeah. But, um,. I I like the big blocky one, and I wish that I had that again. But uh, the junior, I, it's been growing on me, and um, I actually really do like it. Okay, so yeah, I I I, I grew up with the blocky. I say grow up. I never had one. Um, this is actually my wife's. Oh, when, really? From when she was in high school, and I quote unquote inherited it, if you want to call it that, in college when she just had it sitting there in the corner. I'm like, um, I'll take that. Yeah. And so I still have it. But yeah, it didn't turn yellow or anything. Yeah. Usually the top half and the bottom half are different colors. Yeah. This one's pretty much the same. So I got lucky on this one. Um, but I would, yeah, I'd say the big blocky one. Now, I hear a lot of people talk about the Super Famicom, and that one's got, it's kind of rounded and more sleek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The buttons have uh, four different colors instead of just dark purple and light purple. And um, I, I think I still like the American one, but I could totally understand how people think it's obnoxious and, well, American. Right. <laughs> Although the colors on the Super Famicom are more obnoxious. Nothing expresses that more than the Turbo Graphics 16. 
versus the PC Engine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. the American market, they had to make it big, giant, fat. Yeah, we and don't like room. We want to get we, rid we of We don't want little tiny consoles. Stuff. Little means bad, which now I sought after PC Engine because I wanted, I need the desk room. So, yep. Cool. All right. That was the question. I got one quick one for you. Okay. And then that'll be the end of it for our quick question segment. Um, trophies, like in modern games. Yeah. Are they important to you at all? Um, yes. Yes, okay. they are. I, I, they, for my world, I don't have a PlayStation 4. For my world, they're achievements. And, yeah. Get, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think they are pretty neat. When you see the little thing pop up on the Xbox that shows you got an achievement, I always think, wow, that's really cool. Yep. I don't try to... You beat I, level one. Here's an achievement. Yay. Yep, you beat the tutorial. Exactly. <laughs> Congratulations. I've never, I've never, I think, completed uh, a game like 100% achievements, though. I think maybe one... I think okay. maybe one, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, on PlayStation, they call that uh, platinum. You get a platinum trophy if you get every other trophy. Really? Yeah, that's their big thing. And oh, interesting. Now, I don't get to the... There's certain people that only care about trophies, so they don't even care what game it is. They'll find games that are easy to platinum. That's what so my experience worried. was in the, in, the, in the early years of having an Xbox 360. I knew people that just want would actually find games that were easy so they could max out their, yeah. uh, their points. I never did that. Well, no, the Xbox points meant something well whenever your name is displayed just shows you it how shows good you are, right? your how... score is right next to it yeah and every game had te- had had a thousand points of achievement points that you could oh, okay. dole out to a game so there were certain games that were super easy yeah. that you could just get them all there were and indie games had less i don't remember how many points they were so like the little smaller games people would just start eating those up yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it, it, I never did that, but I think it's cool. I think it's a neat thing. Yeah, I, I enjoy them too, and they'll help me play certain games more, like Far Cry and those kind of games. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there and I'll be like, "Cool, I beat the game. It's at thirty nine percent complete with your trophies." I'm like, "Ooh, which what trophies are there?" And it's like, "Kill a thousand people." I'm like, "Oh, I'm only one hundred and fifty away. Let me go kill some people." And then I'll find another one. I'll be like, "Kill ten people with a you know giant bomb or whatever." It's like, "All right, well, I might as well use that while I try to kill a thousand people." You know, and that just gives me it extends the game and helps you play. Yeah, avenues of the game you wouldn't normally, and I like that. I remember the first crackdown. There was one to get all the orbs, so it was just literally walking around the city looking for those little orbs that were on top of the buildings. Yeah, yeah, and that was fun. See, and that is cool because it takes a game that is not a collectathon. And it's like, hey, if you want to play a collectathon, we've got that in here for you too. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so the reason I bring that up is because uh, that is my one thing against the Switch. I look oh, at, that it doesn't have those. Yeah, they don't have trophies, and I'm like, oh, do I want to buy this on my Switch, which I'd prefer it on the Switch because it's portable, which is how I use my Switch. Um, and you know, and there's other benefits, but um, but you know, it's less on the PlayStation, and I get trophies. You know, are they really that important? No. Do I really have any friends that like look at my trophies and care? No. It's right. just like added gameplay to me. Like it gives me an extra something to shoot for, and then when you you know see that little box pop up in the corner and say you got it you just go ah i beat that part yeah now i don't know so so yeah i I think they are cool i I wish nintendo would add that yeah it's it seems like a simple thing yeah i agree and and i think some games have built in trophies you know what i mean they're not system yeah hard to explain but they're not system like within a specific type of game there'll be like these little achievement lists or specifically if it's like a third party a company that has their own login no it's not even that it's like just some games will have kind of that like hey collect this many things or kill yeah. this many people but it won't be part of a universal game you know system like the trophies or achievements 
and and I do find that it more compelling in those kind of games. And that kind of relates to we talked about this I think a little in the past, but just games that are retro inspired, right? Retro mm-hmm. in nature, simple games that I could play through and be like, oh, that was fun. But if you have unlockables, yep, or things, it I can double or triple the amount. Like, we're looking I, right now in the background. I have Horizon Chase. We'll talk about that in a second. But I've been playing every race in a different way to try to get all the unlocked cars and stuff. Yeah. You know, even if I get a car, I'm like, oh, that car looks cool. Oh, I don't like its stats, but cool. I got it. Let's go get more. You know? Yep. Just add something else to play. And I, I appreciate that. So, yeah. Although the Switch does have the benefit of those. Um, if you buy a game, you get a little cash back. A little bit. Yeah. So that's something that the other, the other ones don't. And I believe the Wii used to have. Uh, don't correct me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the Wii used to have achievements to a point where if you did a certain beat a game or did certain you'd actually get coins towards other games like oh, actual credits i didn't know that yeah the the was that the first Wii, not the wii u right? i believe the first Wii did huh. that i don't remember that but it's been a while could be wrong but i always thought that was a mm. cool concept even if it was only like up to 10 percent of a game if you could give me a discount on more stuff that'd be cool eric's reaching in to grab our uh, our beverages we like to drink beer on this show so let's go ahead and do that and uh, while he's doing that, getting those things out and ready and open that bad boy, we'll talk about it in a second. I want to announce our new show format. If you guys haven't noticed, um, the show looks a little different this month, and that is because this is episode one of two for the month. Moving forward, we're going to have, um, it'll, we'll still have our show. It's going to be the same as it's always been. We're just going to have um, uh, some of our segments in the first half and some of our segments in a se- second show for the month and we're just going to kind of divvy it up that way yeah uh, kind of break it into bite-sized pieces so that people can listen at their leisure and not feel i guess uh encumbered by uh one large release so and i think we're still gonna we're still gonna make the people that like the long podcast happy because it's not like these are going to be short yep it's we're looking at the same amount of lead time or you know, play time and everything. So we didn't want to affect the way we recorded it because we like what we're doing here. By the way, nice Data East shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I can't remember. I was thinking when I put it on to head over here, I was like, I can't even remember when I got it. It was a long time ago, but I mean, not not super long, but I couldn't. I can't remember where I bought it. I want to put you on the spot. What's your favorite Data East game? I think it's. Uh, I was thinking about that too. I think it might be Karate Champ. Oh, listen to that beer! Listen to the beer. Um, Karate Champ, huh? Karate Champ's a good one. Um, Not bad dudes. Well, that, that's what I was going to mention. <laughs> was the original Bad Dudes Data East? I believe it was because I thought it might have been a sequel that was Data East. Oh, but I, if it is, then Bad Dudes. Pixel Guide in your home for bad information. Exactly. No, bad one. Some Bad Dudes is Data East because I saw that on a list yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know if the original original one was gotcha so eric brought fuller's london pride have you ever had this um i don't if i have i don't recall but it looks like something i would love i love the color it's a nice reddish uh medium bodied looking yep uh, looks good so they make a fuller's esb that's another one i really love and i think i brought one of those over at one like yeah, early, think, one of the yes. early episodes yep but this is another fuller's that i love and this this is caramely goodness cheers All right, cheers go ahead and uh i'll i'll yeah, you go ahead and, and sip there. Um, so while you sip on that, right. I also want to announce that we uh, took a few other pointers for some, you know, we've been trying to make the podcast better and clean it up and do things better. And uh, we've been convinced that we might as well throw it out there. We're going to go ahead and launch a Patreon for our show. Right. And the, the show will always be free to anybody who wants to listen. 
but we thought we should set up a Patreon for those people that really want to help out so that, because obviously if we can reduce the cost of hosting, um, you know, we do do web hosting. We, um, you know, there are costs associated with running a podcast. And mostly could, beer. Mostly beer, sure. And, and <laughs> I'd be happy to keep paying for the beer myself. That's not a problem. But, you know, the cost of yearly web hosting and domain registration, stuff like that, it adds up. And if we could even just make enough money to cover that, we'd be pretty happy that we wouldn't have to do that out of pocket. So yeah. I never make any uh, qualms about this stuff. Uh, we don't need the money, but uh, if you guys are appreciate the product, you know, we're making a product here and we would feel the love that much more. We'd be that much more motivated. And, uh, you know, we get better the more we drink. So maybe we'll have four beers a show instead of three. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. And we'll <laughs> start recording from a hotel where we could just crash that night. <laughs> It'll be a weekend uh, weekend podcast recording. Yeah, I'd love to do some more trips, which we actually did a trip this month. Yeah, which we'll, we'll talk, talk about. about that a little later here. But, yep, solid beer. I like it. It's um, nutty. What? Yeah, it is nutty. It's a bit nutty. It's a bit Ooh. nutty. That's an Austin Powers reference. Cool. Um, that's great. Um, that's a good so the, the the Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash pixelguiden. No spaces, no underscores. Very cool. uh, it's all set up already. Uh, and, and we're going to put, I think you said uh, we set it up so there's a dollar. It's a dollar if you just want to say thank you, like a dollar a month. Um, and then there is a $3 tier where we will announce your name at the end of every episode. And I want to find a fun way to do that. Well, um, I'm not singing. Our buddies at the Amigos sing it. And yeah. I, I'm not going to be honest. This has nothing to do with the rest of their show. I love their show, but the best part to me is them singing the names. Yeah, I love it. And <laughs> I have to say, after listening to it twice, I was like, I want my name to be sang. In yeah. There. And so I did, and I've listened to every song, and I wait to hear my name. And there were, <laughs> this is funny, there were a couple of episodes where he inadvertently left my name out, and I was really bummed. <laughs> and I took my money back. Exactly. I said, no. I canceled, no, I didn't cancel my Patreon. I, um, you know, he... They, they fixed it later on, but um, it's just interesting. It was it was nice to hear the name. So I figured it'd be a fun little tier for people who just want to pay a little extra, but it's not really necessary. So Awesome. Anyways, we appreciate it. Let's go ahead and uh, catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody. That's interesting. We're catching up, but we're going to catch up real quick by talking about how bad we did on our last show. And I'll talk about mine. There I mentioned go. that we, while discussing cheats, um, I said I disabled the time limits in WizBall. Wizball doesn't have time limits. Okay. So I I did use a time limit. And I think it was Impossible Mission that I had suspended the time so that I could beat it. Because that is one game I wanted to really beat. And didn't I didn't have like 500 seconds or something. Like I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I thought it was equal to real time, if I oh. remember right. Like in, in Impossible Mission, it was like this is... I don't think I've ever timed out. I think I've always died before time ran out. Right. And I, I got pretty good at it to where I, I, I think I could, but I was going to run out of time trying to figure the puzzle out. Yeah. So I disabled it there. In Wizball, I did disable something. I don't remember because I wanted to beat Wizball too. I never did, even with the cheat. Gotcha. <laughs> but I think I disabled um, something. I don't remember. Maybe I think you, where you start out with the cat. I don't know if you ever played Wizball. Wizball's a tough one. We to, talked about it last time. Yeah, there's tough a one to learn. bouncing ball that shoots, and I couldn't mentally... It's hard to control the ball at first until you get certain power-ups, and then it becomes easier to control. Gotcha. Okay. But anyway, that's the errata. So gotcha. I constantly referred to... Uh, I called it... I was calling it Atari DOS. Yep. And I, would t- I think we talked about like four or five different computers, and I kept saying DOS. I meant basic the whole time. Yeah. But I think it sh- screwed me up, because we were talking about our new MSXs. Mm-hmm. Um... 
which I really appreciate the show name last time, Eric. <laughs> he surprised me with that show name and said, we're bringing MSXy back, which is hilarious. I, I, I try to come up with something hoping you catch it. <laughs> like in the car. I always catch it. It's great. Across. Um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's a, the MSX actually does have DOS because it is a Microsoft operating system, but all the other computers I was talking about, I meant basic. My bad. And I also referred to the large floppy disks as five and a half inch floppies. Yeah, five and a quarter. Five and a quarter. Old man like me. I remember, you know, the, I remember the eight inch disks. You know, and we'll get to that too. We'll, we'll talk about eight inch here briefly later. But, <laughs> um, so the, the first segment... Uh, I don't know where else to put this in our show, but I guess it's catching up. Do you have? Did you bring your delicacy today? My delicacy. Your delicacy. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes, I did. Let me reach into my magic bag of tricks here. All right. So we're we gonna this, do this now. What, yeah. In the rata? Before? Oh no, we're on catching up. Oh, we're on catching up. We're okay. on catching up. Um, I, one one last note on Atari though. Did you you, you you've heard of the Rambo um, expanders for the Atari eight hundred? It's like a Rambo is like a memory expander for the Atari. You solder chips in. No, I don't know. Anything. But anyway, once you do that, you can put this cartridge in and you can launch a thing called Sparta DOS on Atari. It's kind okay. of interesting. So there are DOSes for Atari, but yeah, which when you boot up, it's basic. All right, so you're reaching for the delicacy here, and I'll let you explain this because, uh, and I'll tell You've you, heard my, of this, right? So I have heard of it, and I. I wasn't. I just took people's word for it. I wasn't going to be dumb enough to do it. <laughs> oh, we're doing it. So yeah. So we're going to. So do we it. are both opening our chosen Nintendo Switch cartridge here. Yep. I chose which, Yoku's Island Express, which are infamously, infamously, um, the plastic is impregnated with something that tastes disgusting, so that dogs and kids and whatever else hamsters don't eat it. Yeah, and somebody just randomly, they must have just put the cartridge in their mouth to change cartridges or something, and they realized, wow, this cartridge really tastes bad. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. You're, like, holding multiple things. You yeah. just kind of shove it in your mouth real quick, and you're like, oh, dang! This tastes really bad, and then you start worrying about what was on your cartridge. But I was hoping to do this before we, uh, before we drank our beers, but... Yeah, I will tell you, I picked a cartridge to take, and I was like, okay, this is the one. And then I realized this was a used game, and I was like, I don't want that in my mouth. <laughs> So I went. I did the same thing. I went back and got a one I bought brand new, and uh, so we are going to do. And, and we are going to lick our Nintendo Switch cartridges. Yeah, and I, I'm a man of science, so I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to do this. this so which this. which which vintage did you choose, my friend? So I chose the 2018 Yoku's <laughs> Island Express. It's supposed to have a a, fruity. a floral, yeah, fl- floral undertone, mm, and also a little bit of dung beetle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I chose appropriately enough dead cells. <laughs> because I fully expect dead my, cells on my tongue when I'm done with this. The only regret I can predict with this is that it's going to ruin my beer. Well, but let's, let's anyway, just do it. All let's right. just do it. You ready? Live, live to tape here. Five seconds of silence while we lick our Nintendo Switch cartridge. All right. Let's do it. Go. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> that doesn't even... Ah, oh, it's bitter. That's yeah. You, I was expecting something kind of tart or like really. Oh, it hit the back of my throat. <laughs> oh, that's like pepper spray. That's really bad. I wasn't expecting it to be quite that bad. Oh boy, that is not good. It's still. It's almost got like a little spicy, a little sp- it spicy undertone to it. it. Yeah, it's like spicy, but it's also giving me that feeling like when you bite into a banana peel, like that. Yeah, like that. All right. Well, I do not suggest that. No, that's weird. It's like still on my tongue. All right. that, that was very effective, Nintendo. Thank you. 
uh, also we'll, known we'll be to cause, swallowing that. Also known to be causing uh, cancer in laboratory rats. So hopefully exactly. we're good. Oh man, the well things, the things we go through for you people. It's right. You don't have to try this at home. We the, did it for you. The Patreon's going to help our medical bills when that comes back to bite <laughs> us later. Um, so, yes, Nintendo Switch carts taste terrible. Moving forward, I need to sip a beer. Yep. Um, Eric and I did get to hang out a couple times and yeah. play some games, which is not that common. Twice, yeah, you're right. That's I was just thinking cool. about that. Um, so, we have a couple of games that we played, and let's go ahead and just call it a review. It's time for a review! Mech Extermination Force on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. Well, let's start with that one. Yeah. So, we hopped over here. Eric brought it over. Uh, he brought his controller, yep. and I used my Joy-Cons. Yeah, you just did the dog ear kind of controller, and I did the uh, pro controller. We plugged that in, and it's a game I bought a while ago, and I bought it when I went on vacation, and I wanted to play with my son, because I figured we could both play it together. He might be into it, and he just wanted to play Fortnite. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> we got noises. We got to use them. So we didn't get to that game, but, it, you know, his loss is our gain, and we got to play it. I, I thought it was fun. I was not good at it, but I... Uh, oh, I disagree. As is most games. <laughs> oh, yeah, we both played it. It's a game. It's a boss battle game. Yeah, so everything you do in the game is a boss battle. So what I love about it, I love... I, <clears throat> it's becoming more and more apparent to me, and one of my favorite genres is... Not only just running guns, but like Contra style running yeah. guns. Um, and so this was very much just like Contra boss battles. And you even have two people. I think you can actually have up to four. Um, yeah. I, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there were really cool bosses. There was a big, uh, I want to say, alligator boss that we were fighting. You had to kind of shoot into his mouth until he like took a big bite at you. And then you had to jump on his head and then... You got yeah. to whack this orb with a large um, sword. Yeah, you have like thing. a hammer or sword or whatever it is. But the first one was the the centipede looking one. Remember? Yes, goes around in circles. You're running around it. And you're you got to shoot these little golden links off of it. You have to blow the armor off first, and then you shoot those little uh, buttons or whatever they are. And yeah, these red orbs. I want to say red orbs or yellow orbs. Or... The yellow ones were on the centipede. The red ones were on that big guy. And then remember the. Once you get those yellow ones on the centipede, it's the big red one on his yep. on his head. So essentially, you shoot. You're shooting. It's just a contra. But once you get to a point where you weaken the enemy, they kind of lay there, and you have a few seconds to run up and hit its yep. weak spot. But you don't just shoot that. You hit that with uh, like a yeah. lightsaber or sword. Thing. And these are big bosses. We should mention. It's There's... not like they're the same size as you. They're they're giant bosses. You crawl on. So it kind of makes it like. Um... What is the game I'm thinking on PS2? The the one where it's all like you hit those giant. The giant guys. Mm, Do you know PS2? what I mean? It's not Eco. It's um. Oh, Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> no, Ico, Ico. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. the one. Yeah, it's, it's it's the bosses remind me a little I mean, bit of that. Yeah, I guess the concept. Yeah, that's yeah. A, this is a two two D side scrolling. Yeah. Um, action game, but nope, it was a great game. Uh, very cool yeah. multiplayer. I'm not sure how good it would be single player, but um, 
Yeah, because yeah. when I did single player, I di- I couldn't, I didn't get past the first boss, but I didn't spend a lot of time with it because I really wanted to play it multiplayer. Yeah, and I think it'd be it was more fun. <clears throat> we were trying to like strategize, like you go over here and direct their fire yeah. while I go up here. And and I remember there were certain sections when I'd get killed early, certain sections you'd get yep. killed early. But overall, I felt like I was pretty bad at we it. We just but... kind of fell into roles, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can also hang on to things eventually. There's upgrades where you kind of learn new abilities, which is yeah, which is cool. And there's so. a lobby area, so you go back there to upgrade your weapons like that remember that little base mm-hmm. yeah fun game so out of 15 centipede sections <laughs> what would you rate this i'd say so far probably 11 i mean i think if 11 we, centipede sections out of 15 that mean i think that's one where we we should revisit it next time we get together to play some games i think we could get better at it and get further in it yeah, yeah. um yeah, I think I, I might give it one more just because it totally fits my styles. I'll give it 12 centipede sections yeah. out of 15. I had fun so. with it. I think with time, I could get better at it. Very cool. Well, instead of a thumbs up, I'll we'll go ahead and give him a Mario coin. And uh, yes. I also want to take this. Uh, I changed a few sounds on my board, so we'll get there eventually. I was getting a little tired of the same one. So I, there are only a couple for now, but <laughs> change a couple of things. Well, we'll I'm we'll eager to there. hear them. Uh, we've got another review here because we also, yeah. right before we went on our, our trip, which we'll talk about, uh, we tried the game that we've been both talking about for a while now, which is that Micromages game on the NES. On the NES, yeah, a new game. A new game which was released to <clears throat> cartridge with a great package. I think it was like 50 bucks. Yeah. And um, part of me really wanted to buy that, but um, at 50 bucks, and I think it was a limited thing at a right. Kickstarter. And I just, uh, if it was like, buy it and you'll have it here in a week, I probably would have done it. But they did release it for $11, $10.99. I think it was something like that. For digitally. the download. Yep. And so I do have my four tap or four score for my Nintendo. So um, you, myself, and your son, yeah, all uh, played some three-player Micromages. Yes, we did. And I think we also played it just before we played it together. We played it individually. Yeah. Um, and what do you think about that one? I thought it was a, I thought it was a blast. I, I you know I know my son kind of lost his enthusiasm for it pretty quick, but in the beginning he was I think in the beginning he was trying to figure it out, and then eventually. I, I, he just doesn't play those type of games very much. Yeah. So it was too bad because he's a very competitive guy and he's very good at video games, but he didn't show it on that one. Yeah, it surprised me, but um, I know kids change a bit. Like my girls, whatever I start playing, they, they'll fall in love with it, whatever it is. It's pretty... Yeah, that's cool. But, well, my son was like that too. I remember he yeah. loved River Raid yeah. when he was young, but now that he's older and he's into more elaborate games, he just doesn't want to go back. Oh, it's it's elaborate. You're micromages. <laughs> um, but no, really cool game where you're bouncing up, jumping and killing things, going up a tower. Yeah. You're always going up, but it's like a platformer. So you're jumping on things, attacking things. Um, the world is constantly moving down and you can't like be left scrolling. behind. Yeah, you're yeah. scrolling You upwards. don't want to be left behind, so you got to try to keep up at least with the people around you. And then you get to the top of the tower and there's a boss, cool little boss battle. Yep. And when I played it by myself, I actually found the game to be fairly easy. Okay. When we played with more people, it actually became harder. Yeah. Unlike the last game we talked about. Yeah. Um, because you were, like, bouncing off each other, and then it kind of stops what you're doing. And Yeah. It's interesting because it's co-op, but it's also competitive because there's a score at the end of the levels. And yeah. your scores accumulate, so you're trying to work together to beat the level, but you want to have the highest score. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, mix. Yeah, there's a lot of games like that, like Joust and Bubble Bobble. Yep. Like, you don't have to play them cooperatively. You can play them somewhat competitively, especially Joust. Yeah. Like, Bubble Bobble, you can't really kill yourself, but kill the other person, but you can thwart them and get higher score than them. And steal all of their ice cream sundaes and bananas. Right. But in Joust, you can straight up 
kill the kill the yeah. thing. I remember in the arcade that happened a lot. And this game, you can't actively kill them, but you can put them in a bad position where they're going to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you died, you became a ghost while everyone else was working their way up. That's right. And you were trying to basically find an item hidden in various things. Yeah, when that first happened to me, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, like, if you can well, find that I item. I can't touch anything. It's like I'm just floating through walls and yep. stuff. Um, yeah, it's a great game. And you find that item, you, you come back to life physically. And that, so. is that five players or four? Four? I think it did four. Four, okay. Mm-hmm. Right on. All right, so Micromages, out of eight... I'm trying to do our ridiculous scale here. Out of eight... Um, uh, wizard hats? Wizard hats. Eight wizard hats. Eight sorting hats. Hufflepuff! Yeah, out of eight... Sorry. Harry Potter uh, reference. I'd probably give it a... I mean, I enjoy it. I'd probably give it a... F- 5.5? I knew you were going to go have these. Five and a half wizard hats? There's no such thing as a half wizard hat. Yeah, At that right. point, it's just soiled <laughs> linens. Um, yeah. I mean, I really liked it for what it was. Yes. Um, it's probably one of the... I mean, the controls were great. Yeah, they it felt really Really good. solid. Uh, we did beat all, I want to say, five levels. And then it kind of became like, all right, you can play through it again, but harder. Yeah. And there's a part of me that wants to do that. I think it took us like an hour to to do that. Yeah. I think if it was like you and me, I mean, my son kind of brought down the room a little bit, like <laughs> being being a little like... Uh, yeah. I got a, I got a double generation. sound effect there. It's the new generation. These new generations, they don't. They have no respect. No respect at all. Should but, I get Rodney Dangerfield on the soundboard? <laughs> I don't get no respect. But uh, yeah, I'd like to revisit that. That's one I liked. And I'm a sucker for little characters in games, like cannon fodder mm-hmm. on the Amiga, where there's like tiny little sprites or characters. I just like that for no, some I did, reason. I did too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. lemmings, um, a cannon fodder. Stuff like that. I just, I don't know why, but I like that. Yeah. yeah I pl- I'll give it six out of eight wizard hats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're about the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, as long as you know we're, we're you're not going to spend 10 hours playing this game. Right, right. I mean, maybe I'll, I'll probably try it again to see if I can get further into the, the harder levels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much. See, it's one of those games, if there was more features or unlockables, or it's like, all right, go up this tower in achieve this and you'll get you know mm-hmm. one of your achievements unlocked i mean even if it was just a screen that had things like you try to get all 10 of these achievements like it would extend this gameplay to me so much more yeah so i wish it, they would do that what you got on the first level you got on all the levels there wasn't mm-hmm. anything really new in that it was just the same thing level after level rearranged differently and mm-hmm. different bosses i'll give it that but other than that there weren't new power-ups there weren't new this or that Okay. Um, so after we played Micro Mages, we went on our trip. Yeah. Where did we go, Eric? We went to the Golden State Pinball Festival in Lodi, California, which is, to put it in Stuck perspective in for us, again. was, what, it's like a 40-minute, 30-minute drive? 30? Yeah, 30. 25, 30. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work down that way, so I, I'm by there all the time, but... Um, it was a cloudy day. That's, that's right. It was raining. That's it true. rained later. When we, we ate, we had lunch outside. Um, and then we we bought our what ten twelve dollar yeah, ridiculous I, beer. Yeah, I think we went into the uh, pinball expo, looked around for a few seconds, and your son said, "I'm hungry." Yeah, I'm like, we can eat. Yeah, so we <laughs> ate, and uh, and then we went back in. Uh, so, it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, there's a 350 plus games there. Yeah, and I do have some. Again, we've talked about it on the show. I have some buddies at the um, 
it's called the Capital Corridor Pinball Capital Corridor Pinball League, and uh, they're heavily involved in putting that show on with some other groups and things. And okay, um, the problem with that is every time I see them there, they're all like working the event or doing something. So I get to say hi or a few sentences, and they're off to go do something. So right, um, it's nice to have you there and um, your son while he was into it for. A, a few plays and then again that he moved on it's but. his attention span he just he was into it for a few minutes and he played he played several games and then, at first i thought he was going to get there because he was talking to me he's like i'm trying to figure out like what you do besides just hit the ball around and i'm like oh boy let me tell you and i start right. getting into the strategies and what you can go for and like as i'm talking he reaches down and starts looking at his phone i'm like gosh darn it <laughs> yeah it's being uh his age which is 14 going to 15 he's yeah. um just not into that. Like I said, he's just he's he's getting further out of touch. Just <laughs> more into the modern stuff. He'll come back. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, do you remember some of the games we played there? Oh man, now you put me on the spot. Oh, I am because you said specifically. I'm like, do you need to write this down? You're like, no, I'll remember all this for the show. <laughs> you said that, and I'm like, in my head. Mm-mm. Um, man, now that you put me on the spot, I don't remember. Oh, that's too bad. We started with Centaur. Okay. Which is a really cool black and the white old That's 80, right. 1980, 81, somewhere now, in there. Now I do remember that one. Yeah. Um, and actually in our next episode, so the second one this month, I'm going to do Cody's Corner and it's a like 15 minute pinball yeah. overview slash history slash kind of go through all these terms and stuff. Yeah. Um, I do remember the Mars, was a Mars attack? Attack or, from Mars. Attack yeah. from Mars. I remember that one. That one was really Which cool. Which is funny because everyone calls it Mars attacks based, you know, because it's... Because the movie? Like, because the movie and then you get slapped and you're like, it's attack from Mars. Yeah. It's like an internal pinball thing. You don't screw that up. Um, but yeah, I was trying to get him uh, uh, to kind of learn some of the basic rules on Centaur. And then um, we played a Sea Witch, which is a game yeah. I was actually had for sale at there as well. Um, and I did end up selling it, by the way. Yeah, that's it nice. Is, eh, it's nice, but it's sad. It is sad. I sold my Sea Witch, and then I also sold my uh, Space Station. So I'm you down- sold this both to the same person? No. Oh, different okay. people. So I'm down to one machine right now, and it doesn't work. I have one more a pinbot left over. Um, but we played Sea Witch. We played Centaur, uh, which are older games. Um, I had fun with the football one. What was that one? And a- that was surprising because it's a very poorly rated game. Yeah. But I played it too. It was Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football, yeah. And I'd never played it before. And uh, I think your son was playing something. And so you and I just grabbed something next to him. And I'm like, whatever, let's try this Monday Night Football. And it was really cool. This ramp would pop up. You try to kick field goals. and I thought it was neat. It was actually really fun. But, you know, I'm not a pinball expert. I know you're way into more pinball machines a lot more than I am. Well, a lot of times the, when they rate those machines, they rate, rate them based on, like, how long you can play it and stuff like that. Like, right. if you had that in your home or if you're playing it in a tournament, how well it works. And it might be fun to play until you realize if you're playing for score, like, all right, the the best way to get points is to do this one thing over and over and over again so the game's not that good. And I can see that. If, once you get good at placing the ball, you can just rack it up over and over and over yep. again. Or even if you aren't good at placing the ball, you still realize there's no sense in going for anything but this one strategy over and over again because there's no points anywhere else gotcha. compared to that. Yeah. Like, that'll ruin a game. Yeah. Um, which is what's cool about some of the newer games is... You buy a new game, it's got a computer in it, you can just plug in um, a USB with new code, and it'll automatically download the new code. So as people are playing it, they get feedback, and they adjust code and add features and all kinds of stuff just through a patch. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. Because I could see you like sand pitting certain strategies where mm-hmm. if you do it over and over, you get less and less points per time you do it, so that you yeah, have to like shift that. to do yeah. something. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. Um, 
Any other games that stuck out to you while we were there? No, that was. I mean, I, I that was pretty much the ones I remember the most. Um, I, I thought Attack from Mars is a classic where you just yeah, and it's it was a simple enough where you're like if you don't know what else, there's tons to do. But if you don't know what else to do, you can just go over the spaceship right at the middle over and over and yeah. over again. I thought looking at the um the 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 really old ones was interesting. It, it, remember what was that one that I had? To, there was a row of of the knockdowns that you jumping had to, jack. Yeah, jumping jack. I played that a couple of times, and I there's some there's some fun things to those. I kind of like the the very mechanical nature of them that there's yep. nothing digital in them. I thought that was pretty neat, and those were in really good shape. Yeah, a lot of more being from the a 50s. lot of those were from one guy's collection. He brings those every okay. year, and then there's some other ones, but I think he had about half of them. Hmm. Um, what I found interesting is after playing all these games, you know, we're trying to find some really bright, loud, exciting machines. But that room was so loud. Uh, even your son said, it's so loud in here, I can't hear anything, and these games are kind of boring. He went to the electromechanical room where everything is just bells and chimes. Bing, yeah. Dong, dong, ding, you know, the typical pinball noises they still put in movies over yeah. machines, even though none of them sound like that anymore. <laughs> um, and he actually enjoyed those the most. Yeah, I think he did. Which was kind of cool. I mean, they're. I, I love all machines, I mean, for the most part. Yeah. Um, so the fact that you can get a machine and feel it and feel all the inner workings moving, like click-clack relays while you're hitting the buttons and um, hear every noise and simple things in front of you, like all you want to do is light this light here and then knock down all the jumping jacks. Yeah. Like that's the point. And your whole goal is just trying to do that, but it's not as easy as that. You're trying to get the ball in a place where you can make a good shot. Right. So half your time you're trying to get the ball in the right spot, and then the other half you're trying to hit the drop targets that are still up so right you just know what to do instantly and it's it's fun yeah i think next year i'll go and i'll save my son the 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 torture of going yeah i'll probably go that way i can stay longer you know i really really would have i would have enjoyed staying the whole time i mean or not the whole time but much probably double the time i did yeah i stayed until i think seven o'clock at night okay i put in a good i can't remember what time we started but yeah i put in a good eight hours um and I did uh, put some money into the raffle. They gave away two machines there, and they were legitimate machines, too. Oh, uh, cool. They gave away a Fishtails, oh, wow. which is like a $4,000 Williams DMD-era machine. I think is... I have that on my uh, Nintendo Switch. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's like one of the games I would like to own. Yeah. Um, love that game. And the other one that I actually don't have a lot of experience with, but it's also considered a you know, top 100 game, and that's uh, Demolition Man, hmm. which is another DMD, you know, about $4,000 machine. And uh, but you didn't win. I didn't win. And the guy like sitting two spots in front of me won it, and wow, had no enthusiasm whatsoever, which kills me. He's just like, oh, cool, cool. I'm like, I don't like you. You're a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if you're excited or not. You pretend to be excited. All these other people are pissed off right now, and they're like patting him on the back, saying congrats. He's like, cool, yeah, thanks. (laughs) You should have said, you lack a soul. You know what I should have done? I should have jumped up to him and... Dr. Lightsenberger! <laughs> Place the sound. What's that sound from? Oh, I know what it's from. Street Fighter. Have you... Like, I remember as a kid, you'd always say, like, you know, there's the Hadouken. The Hadouken. And then there's the, like, the kick. The... the well, um, there's the... Yeah, Hadouken, but then there's the Hadouken. Yeah. <laughs> now then, the Hadouken is the uppercut, kind of, where you're moving forward. Yep. Um, but every, you could actually spell it out, and everyone's like, what does it mean? It's the Japanese, right? Yeah. Well, when you hear this sound effect with no music and no other sound effects, right. what on earth is he saying? Dr. Lightsenberger! <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's passing a stone. 
I love Street Fighter. Uh, I just, you know. You got to get Chun-Li's kick in there. Sounds like, it sounds like flying bird kick, but I'm not sure if that's what she says or not. Thailand. Thailand. <laughs> I got rid of Japan. Had you got rid Thailand. of Japan. Japan's so useful. Yeah, I know, but I had to mix it up. So now we're going to go to Thailand. There's no video game consoles from Thailand that Actually, I know of. You know what I should have put in is Brazil. Yeah, that right. was probably my second favorite. But um, when, you, when we do the MSX uh, episode so someday, we'll get, you're going to need to put Japan back in there. This is true. Okay. This is true. <laughs> Um, I went out and got myself a craft joystick, intending it for my uh, Apple II. Yes. And apparently it is not for an Apple II. It's for, like, a PC, right? Well, it kills me, and I guess the old packaging was like this. It says right on here, Apple and IBM are registered trademarks of Apple computers. Yeah. Right? And then over here it says, plug-in compatibility with Apple II, Apple IIe, Apple II+, Plus, Apple IIc, and IBM PC, AT, XT, and compatibles. It says that on the box. Yeah. And then you flip it over, and they put a sticker in the front, and it's like, "Yep, oh, no, this one's the IBM one." Well, so this I, this is going to tie into my next catching up thing, but I have an adapter that'll make that work on your apples. And I'm going to buy a new one. Is new that joystick. more or less than me just buying the right joystick? That's the part that kills me. So you can just buy a new joystick, but you can also just get a little this little adapter that just makes that work. And that's what I have. I have that particular type of joystick. It's yeah, not yeah. the craft one. It's by CH. <laughs> But it's the same kind of whatever analog. Um, so maybe you can look it up with me because I did look that up, and yeah. th- they weren't for sale anymore. I couldn't find them anywhere. Oh, that's weird. There's a bunch of people that said out of stock, like no longer produced or just out of stock. Sure, but I mean, you, you're welcome to use or or have mine. I mean, I don't really care once I get this new one because I'll tell you. And this brings us to our next section. I'll buy it from you if you're not gonna. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, I, I got a new Apple Two C. I showed you that. I brought it. Oh over. yes. So I bought a... Which I didn't know a whole lot about, but you showed it to me. And yeah, an Apple IIc Plus. I always wanted one because the original Apple tools are so Apple IIs are so bulky that it's hard to find places to store those. Yeah, because you have the same one I do, right? I have the Apple II GS. Yes. Yes. I wanted the one that actually... So the Apple IIc, and mine's an Apple IIc Plus, has a handle on it, and it's actually a very portable Apple II, and it has that very nice Apple II GS keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside to them is you, there are no slots in it like the Apple II GS. Um, I mean, this keyboard? Listen to it. This is a nerd audio porn. Yes, nice. Is that doing it for you? Yeah. Oh, wait. Let me get a space bar in there. Yes. So the I love this keyboard. So I, I, I got this Apple IIc Plus run, up and running. And I loaded up some games and I'm playing them. And one was uh, one of the great ones was Bomb Jack. Yeah, it's great on that one. A lot of really good like I've not arcade played much Apple II stuff yet. So yeah, so I mean, there's a really decent ones, but I'm using that same joystick. You have the Craft one, mm-hmm. now, although mine's CH, but it's the same mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's just not enjoyable. I mean, these, it is of the era, which is it, why I picked it up. So it is nostalgic. And I, you know, my Coco Two. That's the, I do have a Tandy. Like crap, crap. Basically, Tandy. I think OEM'd them from Craft. They're okay. exactly the same as the Craft ones. And I'm just sitting there playing these, going, "This joystick's not enjoyable whatsoever." <laughs> so I found a guy that sells these little game pads, and uh, I actually did bring. I don't have it yet, but I did bring a picture of it to show it to you because it's kind of pretty interesting. This is a. Um, it's almost like a circuit board with the parts on it. Okay. Yeah. 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 But that is a 
true analog kind of joystick, but with with nice center feel. So almost like the Neo Geo joystick okay. that I showed you on my Neo Geo pad mm-hmm. has two buttons. It has these little potentiometer screwdriver things yeah, to adjust those. them, um, and that plugs directly into an Apple II. No adapters. So you just hold it just like that. You hold it just like that, hmm. and um, that that's it. Very that's interesting. S- and you can see that's printed on it. Just says simple joystick. Simple. Yeah. I mean, it's two buttons and a, a thumbstick. Basically, looks like it's from a you know modern controller, like a PlayStation controller or something. And yep. And so much it. those are like thirty bucks on eBay. I decided to bite the bullet and get it because I can't stand that one, and I want to use my Apple II a lot. So I ordered one of these, and I'll try it out, and I'll review it on the show. Um, now, we tried to plug, because I had that recent Mac haul, and we plugged in, like, all five monitors that I got with that haul into that thing, and none of them were compatible. Yeah, and my you know my buddy Chris Osborne on Twitter, he, he confirmed. He said, that takes, like, basically the monitors that are compatible with the Apple IIc, they only use the composite. They have a composite output on the monitor. So it takes a very specific type on the two C, not the two, not the other Apple yeah, twos, yeah. but on that one. Um, well, even the other ones are finicky. Yeah, because they do that fifteen thousand hertz refresh rate thing. Yep. So anyway, I'm going to order like a. There's a guy that makes the Apple two C converter that goes straight into VGA, and it, I've seen videos of it. It's crystal clear. Nice. So if you want to use an LCD flat panel, that's great. If you want to use uh, one of the CRTs that has VGA, you could do that. Um, but I'm going to just get that. It's there. Th- that's out of stock too, but I talked to the guy. He's going to have him back in a couple weeks. Cool. So I'm just t- taking my time waiting for that joystick to come in. Um, I'll get you that adapter. If I had known, I'd have brought it. And then you can at least play your Apple two GS and get yeah. some feels for it. And I'm going to go ahead and admit this now, even though I'm going to get some hate letters from this one, but so my monitor is working and beautiful. And apparently the it's, it's the Apple two monitor. It's the Apple II yeah, GS, the, color, the one the that color works with one. it. Yeah. And uh, works great, but you showed me that on the back because uh, I always assume, for whatever reason, the uh, coax, uh, what do you call it? Not the coax, but I always think it's RF. It's, it's like an RCA. RCA jack on the jack. back. I always assume it's RF, and it's not. It's, it's not. It's composite on composite. these Apple IIs, yeah. So I plugged in that straight to the front of one of my TVs, and it came up beautiful. Not beautiful, but clear. It'll be great yeah. unless you do like eighty column text, which you're not gonna. You said you're not gonna do. I'm not gonna do so. Um, See, I I hunted for the Apple II GS, and I after a year, monitor, a very yeah. after a couple of years, a kind guy on Twitter was like, "Hey, I got this one I used in arcade machines, and it's got a cracked case, but you're welcome to have it if you pay for shipping." Yeah. So I did it, and I got it, and and I do do eighty columns because I connect to BBSs. Yeah, which you need 80 columns. Um, so I'm happy to have mine, but I could see that you just don't need it. I don't have enough room around here for a bunch of monitors, and if that's worth some money, that goes into my hobby fund, helps me get yeah. some more carts and things. And it's a pretty, it's going really to be like a pretty to... rare monitor. Yeah. So, sure. So I'm excited to hold on to the Apple II and use that and just use it with a television or... Yeah. I'm sure that I, I could probably get an adapter if I really wanted to connect it to an LCD or something. But... And I've been playing all my Apple IIc games on, on composite. I've just plugged them into my yeah. composite PVM, and they look great as long as it's just big, chunky graphics. Yep. If you just get into little text, it's bad, but you know what? It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And that basically, that mon- selling that monitor might help me almost get me a the emulator. What do you call that? Mac emulator. Mac emu or Apple emu? 
Yes, yes, the so floppy emu. So I can actually emu. put games on it. Yeah, the floppy right emu. <laughs> the floppy emu is essential. You can't do anything without it unless yep. you're going to get real drives. And I borrowed yours, which is why I know it works. But right yeah. now I've got a nice monitor and a nice Apple II with nothing to do with it. Nothing, yeah, exactly. So yep. I'd rather have something to do with it and ha- play it on a TV. Um, this London pod <clears throat> is so good. It is. It's just, it's a good drinking beer. Yeah. Um, so that same night after we fiddled with that for like an hour. Yeah, <clears throat> we did. We spent a lot of time. We had, and you admitted, you're like, I have more fun doing this than playing games, so don't I judge do, me. I do love hardware. We were sweating bullets, though. We are like, carrying CRTs up and down stairs, like, yep. sweating. Well, yeah. I was hoping to find one that would work for you, because that would have been no, cool. No, I would have loved that, because I didn't, wouldn't have to spend money on that adapter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we started playing with the MSX, because you brought the, your cart over. Yeah. And we found a couple cool things about that MSX, because <clears throat> uh, that cart... Like you said, it took you a couple hours to learn the ins and outs and how it works. The documentation works. is not good for it, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you had to watch multiple videos to kind of put pieces together. And a lot of the videos are based on the old version of the cart, the software of the cart. Right. Which is a lot more manual than the new version. Mm-hmm. So appreciate the help. Um, Eric let me borrow the cart. And the cool thing is I learned a bunch of tricks about my MSX, which is different than yours. Again, I have the Sanyo Wavy 23. Yeah. And yours was a Panasonic F- FS-1A. Yeah. And yeah. both very cool machines. Uh, both pros pretty, and cons to both. Yeah, both have tiny little feature differences, but they're pretty much the same thing. But there's one thing I learned about that I have that we didn't mention before because it seems really cool now. Yeah. Which is, so basically the cart works in a way that's different than all the other flash carts slash EverDrive slash devices that I've used. And uh, you basically you plug it in. You have to hit two to bring up the software on the cartridge itself. Yeah. Um. And then you can load a ROM, if you want to do a ROM, into the cart, and it basically flashes the cart memory portion, or whatever you want to call it, of the of the cart itself. And then you physically either have to turn off and then turn back on your MSX, and it will load from the cart. Or you have to hold... How, what was there? Oh, then you have to you have to type Q to quit. Q to quit that next reset. door. Yeah, you hit Q to exit the next door file manager, and then you can just type reset. And that'll do a soft reset. Yep. But mine has a little button on the top that just resets. Yeah, and I and that was really nice. And I looked for one on mine. Like I thought there has to be even on the Commodore sixty four. There's like a run, stop, restore will reset the yeah. Commodore sixty four. So I'm figuring there has to be something, but I I haven't found it yet. Doesn't mean there's not one, but I, I got to keep looking. It feels like the MSX is so many little like. Mm-hmm. Uh, key combinations to do things. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with the MSX overall. I'm really excited about it. I still haven't played yeah. with it too much, but... Um, it seems like a mini, like, look to the future. Like, it was like, hey, this is the way PCs are kind of going to be. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. when you get into, lo- like, the way the file manager is, and when you drop to DOS, it's Microsoft DOS and all the commands, the yeah. basic... All the basic Microsoft DOS commands work. Like, you could hit F-Disk and do partitioning and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's... It, it's almost like the precursor to what PCs were going to be someday. And the, the computer side of it, you're right. I agree with all that. The yeah. game side of it is also where I'm more excited. Yeah. Which is these games feel like NES games. And I know this basically is an NES computer, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, as far as the at the chip level. But the games just feel... Like I'm loving the Commodore and the Spectrum for what they are, and they're they they both. I mean, those two systems have their own completely different flavors. Yeah, and this is yet another completely different flavor. I I would agree with that. Um, the the Spectrum is Z80 based, so mm-hmm. the chip is a Z80 or Z80 in, in America, um, and the Commodore 64 is the 6502. 
and the and the Apple is a 6502. I think the MSX was a Z80. I might be wrong on that. Uh, I mean, it feels. In fact, I'm it pretty feels sure like an it NES. is. It sounds like an NES. Yeah, well, the NES is a 6502, which is what uh-huh. the Commodore 64 is, but the MSX, I think, is a Z80. I think it's more of a mentality than the Yeah, yeah, I think then. you're right, too. Because, obviously, the, the well, the Commodore is its own, wild, like you described it as the Wild West. Right. And it was a good mix between English and American design philosophies, I guess, on the software. Right. The ZX Spectrum was purely, almost purely British or European. Just the mindset creating the game was all the isometric stuff or pixel-perfect stuff. Just the way they did things. They look a lot like NES games. It's very different. Yeah. Well, in look and just the feel of the programming. But when I play these MSX games, they feel like NES to me, which is Japanese, but to me it's what I grew up with. It feels American to me. Like, it feels what I grew up with. Yeah, and it um, is. By the way, I looked it up. It's it, the MSX is a Z80, so it has more in common with the Spectrum. That's bizarre. Than it does with the um, with the, with the NES. Pretty uh, cool. Pretty weird, huh? That is interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe the sound chip is in line with the NES because it definitely sounds like an NES. Yeah, that, and I bet that, I don't. I'm not going to look this up, but I bet the. You know, all these systems have video chips too. Like the yeah. Commodore 64 is a VIC-2 chip. That has the sprites that could be and the everything. Big difference, yeah. I bet the big difference is that the video chip in the MSX computer is more aligned with the NES. Hmm. So interesting. But yeah. yeah, you're right. All the games look like that. But I don't know if you've looked more into the MSX library, like not the two MSX. I've done two. a little of both, but not a whole lot. There yet. are some real straight up ZX Spectrum ports, like okay. Night Lore and stuff like that, that are just they look exactly like ZX Spectrum games. Gotcha. And that. For me, when I do open the system, I saw some of those names. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need to play a, a port. <laughs> I, right. I want to find stuff that's unique to the system. So yeah. uh, what I did do is um, oh, I checked out Alest and Alest 2. Yeah. Because um, we, we played one of those while I was here. Yeah. So one of them was a ROM image, and but I loaded up one via disk. Now, that's a whole different process on this cart. Yeah. Because you actually have to load virtual drives, They have, which is cool. There's 10 virtual drives, 0 through 9. Yeah. And you can load floppies into each virtual drive and then you can reset the msx with while holding down zero through nine and if you hold one of those buttons it'll load that drive which is really cool yeah and i in my head i don't know fully how it works yet but if i could load a game into each drive or just and just kind of leave it that way so i can load up 10 games or whenever i want without having to go in there and reset the cartridge that that would last me a long time to get through those 10 games and yeah i'm excited about that but i played a number of games uh Alest was really cool. Alest 2 was even cooler. Um, <clears throat> uh, the ones I already talked about before that I already had, Mappy, and uh, the game that I couldn't think of the name of was Maze of Gallius. Yeah, yeah. Which is Nightmare 2. Okay. And those are, I guess, you know, considered top 30 MSX games, the Gallius Nightmare series. Cool little side-scrolling RPGs. But then I found Contra, which yeah. that's when I clicked on my... Because the NES feels you know, like the system to me. So I tried Contra. It's a completely, I mean, it's the first level is very similar, but then it goes, and I mean, it's all very similar, but it's a completely different uh, layout and everything. So it's like playing a whole new Contra game. Yeah. Now it does not side scroll. We've already talked about that with uh, Gradius. Yeah. We play, I played Gradius on a compilation and it's very choppy. So it's like Contra, but one screen at a time uh, going sideways or going up, or even they had like the tunnel, portions of contra but it uh played really well like all the uh things i knew were there but different enough that it felt like a whole different contra game and i've 
already put like an hour into Contra on this thing, and I love it. That's awesome. Absolutely love it. That's the one playing in the background here. I'm watching it. Yes, I've got it running right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, how much you remember the actual NES Contra, but like I grew up with that. Um, I mean, it's lit, but the picture, like the backgrounds look the same, but the sprites look different. Yeah. And the fact that you have to do one screen at a time. So you can tell it is different than the NES, but um, anyway, it's a great game. I'm very excited about That's really cool. That. And I've got the control pad, if you remember. Yeah, you got the um, control pad. The A and the B button are backwards from what I'm used to, which is frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So instantly, I'm like you, I start thinking, well, how do I make this controller fit what I want? And I'm thinking about trying to figure out how to make a controller, like an NES controller, but where if I want to, I can change up to B because some games use up for jump and then just a yeah but then other games use a and b so b for jump but they're backwards so i'm like how do i make a controller i can select up for b or keep it the same or flip a and b reverse yeah (laughs) you can make an adapter um i made an adapter once where you could switch the buttons like you could just make literally a little pass-through adapter so you don't have to rewire the controller yeah that'd be perfect yeah just get you can get all the parts needed for that at fries just buy the little nine pin to nine pin and then just swap the wires inside a little adapter yeah that'd be pretty cool that would be cool uh what do we got next Oh, you've been playing an RPG, which um, have I? We uh, kind of started oh, yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about. You kind of went from having played very few of these games to like owning all of them, right? So I got SteamWorld Dig first because based on your recommendation, yeah, which and, we talked about, and I'm sure you continued playing that through to completion. Oh yeah, of course. No, I did not. <laughs> but I, I played enough to where I like it, and I, it's a nice casual game because there's nice good save points. You can just go back to it yep. whenever you want. Uh, but after watching some videos, and I watched a streamer, a YouTube uh, person who was playing it, I saw some of the gameplay on SteamWorld Quest. So I went and bought, actually, I bought SteamWorld Quest and Heist because Heist was on sale. You you, you alerted me to that. Yes. Heist was like four ninety nine or something, so I had to pick it up. And that is my favorite SteamWorld game out of the three I've played. Yeah, and I, and I like it. It's a great game. But I will say that SteamWorld Quest is right up my alley. So SteamWorld Quest... Which I have not tried. Yeah, SteamWorld Quest is basically like you're a person. It's like an RPG, but I'd say light RPG. You're moving you're moving left or right on the screen. It's kind of, kind of like a 2.5D because you can move okay. up and down a little bit. But that's really not the emphasis of the game. The emphasis of the game is that the combat is based on collectible cards. And so when you open certain chests or unlock this or that, you basically get like a couple of new cards. And if you've ever played like Magic the Gathering or any of those kind of games, you know how you build a deck and so you might put four of the same card in there so the chances of it coming up are faster. Okay, yeah. It's the same exact thing like that. Every deck you have in that game is eight cards. Only eight cards. Did you play Magic? Oh, I play Magic a lot, but back in the 90s. All right, so we're going to start Magic the Gathering podcast with Cody and Eric in like three months. Yeah, I can always talk about old school Magic. I haven't played it in 15, 20 years. It got very convoluted, but yes, I loved old school Magic. So old school Magic, I loved it. And so this kind of has an element of that. You have a a, a deck of only eight cards, but you can put whatever you want in from your your collection, Mm -hmm. but you can only play eight cards. And they get shuffled, and then they get they get brought out. And certain combos of cards will do certain like uh, multipliers when you're attacking. But at this point, the cards are basically how you generate. It's almost like a Final Fantasy game at that point, right? Like 
your characters are on one side of the screen, the opponent's on the other, and you kind of... Correct. And they pull cards. It's turn-based. Yeah, they have cards, and you have cards, and you're basically playing your cards the best you can. Sometimes you want to hold back a card, hoping you get a card, because if you have two of them, it means that there's a different multiplier or different mm. effect that happens. And if you get, like, three of them, there's, like, a big effect that happens. I'm definitely going to save that one. Yeah, because it's it's awesome, and it it's an awesome game. I and I picking that up. I played it a lot. I'm pretty far in it. Uh, I don't remember where I am on it, but I'm I'm gonna keep playing that game probably till I beat it because I, I really like it that much. Nice. But it does get hard. So I mean, I'm I'm I'm, hit, I, I'm hitting that part of the curve where it's starting to go upwards, you know, in the in the difficulty curve. But it's it's a lot of fun. Cool. I want to pick that one up too. Yeah. I went ahead and tried some games I've been wanting to try for a long time. Okay. Uh, so I busted out the old Amiga 500, and I keep hearing great things about Loom. And I guess a lot of people like love that. It's a LucasArts game. I think it might be their first adventure game. Hmm. Yeah, you know that... Do you follow the guy Amiga Love on Twitter? Yeah. He he just got into a big session of Loom. Like, he was playing it and said he was going to beat it till the end. Yeah. So I had played... Actually, right after our last podcast, I went and booted it up and played okay. it and... Uh, what did you think? took me a second to learn how to properly save using my Amiga with my GoTech. Oh, yeah, that can so be So I played like an hour and a half and then lost it all. Oh. But at that point, the thing is, you, once you solve the puzzles, I can go back. I think I caught back up to there in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I played through the whole thing. and You played through the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's actually it. pretty short. Is it? What kind, I've never played Loom. What kind of game is it? It's a point-and-click adventure. It's just point-and-click, like Maniac Mansion or something? Yeah, so, um... Well, we're going to have to get some more beer in a second, right? Yeah, I didn't know what, how long you wanted to wait. I was going <laughs> to give you some water. Yeah. Um, appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a point-and-click adventure game, but it's it was the... I want to say it was the first one they did, because what they did... Because I'm, I'm sure you've played, like, Police Quest and King's Quest yeah. and Space Quest and all the Quest games, the Sierra games, right? Yeah. And I did. I didn't realize at the time, but I, it was it was annoying to play some of those games because you would just die in the middle and lose all your progress, and have to like get there again, and try to remember to save, right. and then die and die and die and die and try to figure out how to get past this thing. And listening to some podcasts, I, I've heard some of them can be very frustrating. Like yep. if you forget to get an item, and you keep moving along, yep. you can't beat the game unless you have that item. If you save over a save point. Yeah. Um, where you miss something and now you're too far past it, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. So that's kind of where my habit started of doing like saves, like 10 saves in a game. So if I ever need to go back three steps, I can, um, which I do to this day because of that. Yeah, I do that. I save a lot in games. Yeah, but not over the same file. I'm talking about multiple files. Right, right, like, right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyways, their whole Lu- LucasArts whole concept, and they made, they even put it in the in the manual. In fact, I went ahead and printed up the whole manual. Yes. Which is right here for a couple reasons, which I think was really cool. Uh, there's there's the, the cover, um, but they even put a segment in here with their design philosophy, and they're like, you don't play games to be frustrated, so these games you will not die, right? And you will always be able to get through the puzzles, just trying to figure it out. And I think they like everybody in the industry learned from Sierra that these games, when they get too frustrating, they nobody's, I mean, they're not well regarded now because of that. So. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That's cool. Uh, so the game is really great, and the big thing with it is a couple things. First of all, there's no parser. It's, you literally have a, an arrow. Yeah. And you just click on things. And you can click things, and then you'll, you'll 
collect it and you can use it on something else, but you don't say like talk to or listen to or pick up or there's none of that stuff. It's just point and click only. Yeah. So it's really simple, which is nice because in those other games, you usually know what to do. You're like, I want to get that. But you're like, wait, do I say pick up that? Do I say get that? Do I say yeah. grab that? Maniac that? Mansion was like that, right? Yeah, and you're, and you're sitting there trying to do some basic task, and you're like, wait, which parser, which action do I click on to do with what I want? What I know I want to do with this thing? Right. You, so can, you just click on it. You just have to click on it now, yeah. yeah. So um, it's nice. Did you play Thimbleweed Park? No, I have not yet. Okay, yeah, I downloaded that, and I have it on uh, PC, like on my gaming laptop. My gaming laptop doesn't work anymore. I just found out this morning. So. Oh, no. I'm never going to be able to go back to that one unless I buy it on Switch, but I, it comes up on Switch for sale a lot, so huh, I might try to grab it then. Okay. Well, what's cool about Loom, and uh, I'll, I'll move past it quick, though. I did go ahead and beat it. Really cool atmosphere. The music is it's kind of kind of pleasurable, haunting, but in a good way. Um, really atmospheric. Oh, I really cool. liked it. Um, not a lot of human interaction in the game, so you just kind of feel like you're out and doing your own thing, and it's just calming. Um, oh, that's great. But the big thing about it is this you're basically trying to collect all of these spells if you will but the spells are music notes they're four music notes um and inside there you actually do have to print out the catalog and it shows you up at the beginning how many all these spells that are in here and it gives you four lines at the bottom and as you play through the game you click on things you'll see like water dripping and you'll click on it and um it will play a note and you'll see it play the notes you know, audibly and visually at the bottom of the screen and you go, okay, that's dripping so you go to your, your thing here and I'm trying to find out where the dripping was here but... Um, so it's a game pretty much you have to have the manual. You pretty much have to, well, you don't have, yeah, you kind of have to. Um, for, oh, here's a good example, dying. So there's like these laundry and some of it was green some of it was white and there's a chemical. Yeah. And you clicked on it and the laundry turned green and then it played a music note so you write that down now you know how to dye things. And so for my game, my playthrough, dying was uh, notes C, 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 D. So that was really cool because you literally type that in your keyboard when you go up to something, click on it. So now it's selected. And you're like, I want to die that. C, 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 D. And then it changes color. Oh, neat. Um, there's twisting. There's opening. There's you know these basically verbs, if you, you know, actions, but they're these music notes. And you can't look it up online necessarily because they're, if you load an, or start a new game, all the notes are different for each. They change the notes. Oh, interesting. Um, so I think there's still are, there's three or four combinations that it could be. So you could try them all. You could fight your way through it. But you yeah. really just go through, play the game, and write them down as you go. And oh, that's really cool. And it's also cool because you know the old copy protection. It would it would throw up at the beginning this kind of like uh, symbol and uh, an adjective, and basically you have to go into the manual to look up what the four notes are. Yeah. To open the game. So I had to every time I op- loaded the game, I had to go through the catalog just to break the copy protection, which is fun. <laughs> but Loom was great. Yeah, I played through the whole thing. Um, not terribly difficult, but fun. I did have to look up, I think, two hints. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I, I've been oddly enough, I didn't know you were going to discuss this, and um, I, I've been reading for some reason. It's it's up and around on Twitter everywhere. Like there's a couple of people I know playing it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if it was an anniversary of it or something, or if it was re-released. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, then the other game I heard a whole lot about from LucasArts, I mean, Sam and Max is my favorite. I've always <laughs> right, told right. you that. Um, I the, didn't know that was a LucasArts <clears throat> film. Yep. Or LucasArts uh, game. Uh, the Dig. You've heard of The Dig? No. Okay. So it's another, it's a lot newer. It's probably uh, mid-90s. Okay. 
And I just started, I downloaded it on good old games. I started using good old games instead of uh, Steam. And they have a big sale right now, so I got it for two bucks. Oh, nice. Sam and Max is two bucks right now. Yeah. Um, so I down, even though I've played it a million times, I downloaded it again for two bucks. Okay. Um, but I've started playing through that one. It's a really cool game about an asteroid heading towards Earth, and you go investigate it, so you're out in space, and you're kind of doing research on this asteroid, and I mean, it doesn't give too much away. Pretty soon you find out it's not an asteroid, it's an alien spaceship, and you go from there, but... <laughs> pretty cool um i also played theme park which is a game i played as a kid a lot i had it on mac but you basically build a theme park and collect rides and do research to research new rides and put them in there and you try to keep everyone happy it's a simulator yeah there was a period of time kind of back in that <clears> era <throat> I, I don't know what it was like around the 2000 or something when it uh, might have been a little later than that when i kind of got into those simulation games too railroad tycoon i remember playing um the sim mall or something where you like did a mall um, yeah, i heard for whatever reason on the amiga sim ant was a big one <laughs> yeah which is bizarre I, to me how you can make ant simulator but yeah i heard that's not a great game i think either, that's officially but... jumping the shark yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I like those little simulation games i don't know if i can get into them these days but i do like them I'm kind of waiting for civilization to go down on the switch one of these days yeah <sighs> Stop worrying about the Switch. You can probably get it. It's <laughs> going to work better with a point-and-click mouse. Get it on Steam for t- eight Yeah, I don't have a gaming whatever. laptop anymore, though. i got to go uh-huh. and i got to think about it. I, I mean, mine's pretty old, so I, I don't know if I can repair it, but we'll see. Yeah. I also went ahead, because I've been wanting to try this one, because it seems like a classic, too. But Gods on the Amiga? Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it. Have you played it? I have. I briefly. I didn't play it for very long, but I did try it out and okay. look at the graphics and everything. And I mean, it looks great. I'm going to be honest. It was. I was disappointed. Yeah. It didn't. It just played weird. It hmm. didn't seem... I don't know. When I play a... Even though it's a, more of a puzzle game than a platformer, it is a platformer. And just it's the controls are really chunky and it's more like timing-based. It just feels very... Yeah. Again, it feels kind of... I don't know. It's not what I'm used to. I listened to the Amigos today and they were playing on the Amiga. They were playing uh, Megalomania. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, that, yeah. Okay. That's supposed to be kind of a god, demigod kind of light game where... You know, it's almost like a one of the original RTS real time strategy yeah, games. Yeah. It's supposed to be a lot of fun. But they, they made it sound really good and they said it got really good reviews even back in the day. Yeah, so. no, that one looks good, but this is a side scrolling puzzler basically. Yeah, yeah, platform. yeah. I remember Gods, um I don't remember too much about it, but I do remember thinking it didn't have a lot of legs. Like yeah. it it was what it was and it just didn't seem like it would be a very deep game. And I get I, a part of the reason I tried it is they just someone just remastered it, okay, for like thirty bucks for the remastered version, which is new graphics, but you can again switch back and forth between the old graphics and the new. Yeah, so the gameplay is the same. If I paid thirty bucks for that, I'd probably be pretty pretty upset. Off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, I probably pissed off a bunch of people saying that, but I also want to take this time to mention that even though I know it was all in good humor and ribbing, mm-hmm. I got so much response from the uh, my Cody's corner from last month. Oh, you did? My one-word ZX Spectrum reviews. Oh, yeah. I, I frustrated <laughs> the crap out of all the Brits. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, read the damn manual. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's the whole point. We don't read manuals over here. <laughs> no, I do want... I'm, I'm going to go back and yeah. try most of those games again, because I know I wasn't reading the manual. I mean, that was the whole point of the thing, is here's my first impressions, jumping in. Yeah. You know, no, um, yeah, I don't. A lot of those games really needed them. Like, they I, really I do. I tried to, like, I heard the the Amigos talking about on their ZX Spectrum podcast 
Lars Sinclair, they were talking about um, chaos and they made it sound so awesome. And I had loaded that up several times because it always comes in on like top spectrum lists. Okay. It's always like two yeah, or three. Great. And I looked at it and I, I, I'd load it up and play it and I, I had no idea what I was doing, and I I abandoned that game five six times before I finally curmudgeon, curmudgeonedly like <laughs> printed the manual. Yeah, and then once I read the manual, I was like, "This game is is really, really awesome." Yeah, I, and I same thing. I did yeah. the exact same thing. Thought and like, oh, if I didn't know this was a good game, I would never give this a second chance. Right? Yeah. Um, I went ahead and got myself. It went on sale for like twenty five bucks on Amazon. A two hundred gigabyte card to pop in my switch yeah i saw that i saw you which, post a picture of that like too. tripled my size which i was maxed out i was already having to delete games to oh wow put more games on there that's interesting I, I i haven't looked where i am on mine but i thought mine was only like a 64 gig card i don't know where i am on it well no i maxed out my internal storage oh internal storage okay so that's why i bought yeah, yeah. this yeah and uh 200 gigs is pretty big so that yeah. should last me um so i went on a buying binge because which had a big sale, and I picked up a bunch of games I've been talking about. Yeah, uh, Battle Princess Madeline is that guns and uh, or guns and ghosts, ghosts and goblins inspired game. Oh wow! Uh, I saw I, you playing it online actually one day when I logged in. Oh yeah, yeah, I played a little of it. Um, I want to get into it more and try. To, I probably have to read the manual on that to understand exactly everything that's going on because it's really more of a uh, it's guns and ghosts, but you can go back and forth between different levels. It's not just linear. Um, okay. And it's easier to play, yeah. but you can collect things. It's got Metroid-style Metroid elements <laughs> to it. Yeah, yeah. Caught myself there. Um, so I'm excited about that. I do love the gameplay, but I'm not. the verdict's still out on that one. It okay. looks great. Um, I went ahead and downloaded Horizon Chase, Yay! which we've talked about. In fact, I had it on here, but it just shut off. It uh, went to sleep. How dare you go to sleep? Come on, Switch. Oh. Yeah, I was. I'm pretty happy you got this because that, that gives me the impetus to get back into it. I, I, I didn't. I only abandoned it to move on to other stuff. But I love the game, and it got me back into racers, which I had kind of abandoned for a while. Um. So, and it's a beauty of a one. I mean, I love it. So yeah, it's interesting because it is everything I thought it was going to be. Um, it's kind of like a outrun or a Lotus. Mm -hmm. Um, which are games that I always enjoy in spurts, but after you beat level one and two, they get so hard and there's nothing else to do that I just stopped. Yeah. So I, n I never was really big on those games. I loved the feel of them. That's about it. This game is brilliant. Yeah. Um, the I, unlockables makes oh it gosh. interesting. It's so fun. Yeah. And just the feeling you start at the back of the pack of like 20 cars every time. So just the feeling of passing cars. Yeah. Is exhilarating. You know, like... If you don't pass them, you hit the back of them, just like... And, and it slows you down, yeah. It slows you down. Um, but you got boost you can use. You can upgrade your car. You can pick your handling. You can select the car you want based on what track you're going to race, yep. which can help you if you need more speed than handling or more handling than speed, or there's like five different attributes. Uh, the graphics are super simple, but they're clean and they're beautiful. Yeah, they're smooth. That's what, I mean, it doesn't matter to me what the graphics are like, as long as it's very smooth, and that game is very, very super smooth. Super smooth. Very controllable. Um, very arcadey, but mm -hmm. it's funny because it, it to play it, it's very simple. You're like, oh, this is probably a really easy to program, but no, it probably took a lot of time to figure out the balance of yeah. how to make it feel good, take some skill, but still feel arcadey and be very lenient at the same time. Yep. The um, one thing I always forget about racing games in general like that, the arcadey racing ones, is that the the key to the game is that it you you have to memorize the tracks 
where the turns are coming. See, I don't really on this one. Really? I did, once I started like really paying attention and playing them over and over again and learning the track, I, I did so much better in the game. Yeah. I mean, typically the first lap, I mean, the arrows tell you soon enough, if you just yank that way, you can... Yeah. You'll, and then after about a lap, it, and they're small laps, so you, it kind of clicks, and at that point you're already remembering it. Right. And, then and maybe that's of, what I mean, but yeah. like, it, I, I remember playing games like on the Amiga, like Lotus Two or, or whatever, um, and and thinking my racing is the most important thing, like my racing skills. But really, it's if you memorize the tracks and you can anticipate the turns coming up or paying attention to the turns, you do just so much better in yeah. the game. It's not about racing, really. It's about the tracks. Yeah, and what's interesting is, I mean, you almost <clears throat> never let go of the gas. Right. It's a really sharp corner. You let go and then go back on it. It's If you break it down to it, and it makes it sound really boring, it's more of a um, car avoidance simulator. Sure. <laughs> no, I <laughs> can you, see that, yeah. You hold down the button, you're going to catch up to the cars. Yep. But the question is, how are you going to get past them? Yep. And there's certain cars that you can tell that they'll try to block you. So you have to juke one way, then go back the other way to get around them. Um but what I love is I've already been playing this thing for, I, I haven't looked yet, six, seven hours, maybe more. And I'm at 43% of the way through the world tour. But there's also a section they called Playground, which is like up, updated weekly. Okay. So every week there'll be a new five races in the Playground. You can see I've already got first place golds on all these. Um, and then you get a like special car for the week. And oh, then wow. Next week they'll do it again. And you get a go through new so even if we beat the game with this constant content you know coming out there's also tournaments which you have amateur professional and master you get cars or something some ability for each one of these you beat if you beat all three you unlock endurance racing so there's just tons of stuff yeah 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 and and now that i know you're playing it i could see because remember you were saying you could see my ghost yeah like when we were racing I, I want to get in there and see which ones you've beat me at now and try to get better at it now. I think that's a pretty killer part of the game, yep. too. So one thing you will have to do, though, is play through more of the World Tour, because as you play through these, yeah, um, like in India here, you'll get the upgrade races. So I've, done, I've got right, right. eight upgrades now. So you can see oh, in India, I'm 14% complete. Yeah. Uh, but I've got eight upgrades now, and I've gone back to the first levels and got, try to get the super trophies, which you collect all the collectibles on the racetrack and coming first. Yeah. So my car is way faster than your car will be. Because um, I think I stopped seeing your ghost about ha- uh, three, <laughs> three or four hours ago because I kept playing and you had stopped. I had stopped, yeah. So you'll have to get your car upgraded to go back and yep. and really get a shot at those. But All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit back at it. I'm going to get back 50% to it. 50% complete. There we go. World Tour. Cool. Um so yeah, love that game. I also went by the old Best Buy and I picked up what I'm holding here finally. Oh yeah, which is a controller. And I've seen that one before. Yeah, that's yep. a nice one. It's a. It was on sale. I think twenty bucks. It's the Zelda one, and it's made by a third party, but it is Switch. Yeah, I think approved. it's Ori that makes it though. So it's a pretty quality, um, quality stick, right? It's not Ori. It is. Well, it's not. Hmm. It's a company called Power A, but I heard reviews on that and people like this as much or more than the official ones, which are sixty five. Now this is wired. Right, and which I, I don't care. Right, and I have a wired one as well, but it's the Ori stick because okay. um, it has the removable thing that fits over the the D-pad. yeah. You showed me that. Yeah, it had it on the back. And yeah, you, so you pop it off the back, put it over there, so it's more of a different style of D pad. But um, no, I bought mine for mainly Street Fighter because I have a buddy that I play Street Fighter with all the time, and I wanted a real controller from so he didn't have to use the dog ears. 
but wired didn't really bother me i mean i do like my pro controller i think it's weighted really well and it's a yeah. great stick but oh, yeah go ahead and feel this one i mean yeah i it, most of the stuff that Switch approves is quality. I mean, their, their name—they put their Nintendo name on the box, even though yeah. it's a different. No, um, it, it feels great. This this is just like it feels a lot like the wired one I have. Yeah, I, mean, I think they all the have... only reason the Pro controller is heavy is the batteries in it because it's, wi- oh, okay. it's, it's yeah, wireless. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so love that. I also picked up a game. So if you remember, Limited Run Games has some other games published and for sale at Best Buy. How does that one taste? This uh, I did not taste this one because it's in my Switch right now. Okay, okay. I was going to try that because that's appropriate. It's Battle Chef. <laughs> Battle Chef Brigade. I've heard awesome. I have not tried it yet. I've heard awesome things about this, and it's a kind Isn't of match a... three puzzle game. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of like a puzzle game. But to get the food and stuff, kind of like your card battle game you're talking about, you actually run out and do like platforming sections where you kill animals and take their meat and then bring them back. <laughs> so it's like yeah, both together. I'm really excited. I heard great things and. They actually have a manual in here. It's not just a game in a box. It's a little manual. It's it a little is manual little. with, uh, and it kind of shows you a monster manual. So it shows you if you go out and kill a dragon, you get a shank, a stake, and a heart. But if you go out and kill a cheap chi, you get breast, horn, egg, and yolk. Hmm. There's some vegetate king bean. There's some vegetables out there. And you got that from Limited Run Games. Uh, from Best Buy. I was gonna say I thought I saw it at Best Buy. Yep, but it's Limited Run Games. Is it? Yeah, know, made it. Okay. But this is a Best Buy exclusive, along with um, the Switch version of the the Golf Story. Yes, which, I saw, and I've I seen that, that too. Yeah, and also I still need to get back to that one. Gosh, so many yeah. games I just leave. Yeah, you can, and I can't do that. I if I don't finish it, I can't. I typically can't come back. Man, because um, Golf Story I loved, and I just had to move on to get to something else. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so I I tried to stop buying things, and I didn't do too bad this month. Um, when I retire, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so many things to do. That's what that's what they all say. Yeah, uh, I think I will still be very busy. Yes, but yeah. Um, so that's cool. I actually just met a guy today right before our show, and picked up. Uh, I met him on from Let Go the app. Yes, and I just picked up finally Breath of the Wild. Okay, good. Got it for thirty bucks. That's a great game. Yep. The first thing I'm gonna do is pop it in my Switch and see if uh, I can claim get the, the get extra those gold coins. The yeah. gold coins. Yep. Um, that's awesome I, I loved breath of the wild i thought it was an amazing game i, I really liked it i mean uh yeah. i i got just a little tired of the boss battles like because i got to the third one and i just kind of because they have a lot of they're pretty heavy puzzle element like elements okay. to it so i just moved but what on. i heard is there's multiple ways to beat them it's correct not, you're not pigeonholed into one but reg- the game the game part of it is awesome yeah yeah great um so anyways, I got that for 30 bucks because I wanted a physical. I'm not going to buy a digital. And mm-hmm. the Nintendo games don't go down in price. So they're all, you know, the Nintendo th- first-party games are 60 bucks. Yeah. So to find that for 30 I'm like, yes, I'll, I will pick that up. Cool. Um, and now it matches my controller, which is a Zelda controller. Yeah, beautiful. Which, uh, yeah, I didn't particularly want it to be a Zelda controller, but it does look good. It's a black with gold, so it looks cool. The Zelda I- iconography is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, there's also the uh, Mario one, which mm-hmm. was red with, like, yeah, Mario I've seen stuff, that one and too. then it has a it's silver instead of gold. See, the, I, I actually think the Zelda one looks better. I did too. I, just, I went for it. But yeah, I just feel like a fanboy when I'm not a Zelda fanboy at all. I've literally played through one Zelda game ever. Breath of the Wild is the only one I, I have to say the only one I've really liked. <laughs> Breath of okay. the Wild's. I mean, I played o- o- Ocarina of Time. 
Ocarina of Time on the N64. This is a very unpopular take. Yeah, and uh, Eric's take it, it is was okay. awful. <laughs> <laughs> what else? My goodness. Uh, PlayStation Network, let me go through this. There's almost news, but it's not. It's catching up, I guess. Uh, so there are free games they give away with PlayStation Network. Uh, I was excited last month because they were giving out The Witness, which if you haven't heard of that, it's a cool puzzle game. Yeah. Um, where you it's a you walk around first person, but you walk up to these like tablets that are floating in space and you do a puzzle, but it's based on the elements around you. Okay. Pretty cool. I played probably two or three hours of it and um, I'm not sure how much farther I'll go. I'd love to keep going, but I, I do have a lot of other stuff that I just really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but it's really, you know, it's get nine, it gets nines and 9.5s out of 10. You know, actual rating scales that people <laughs> have. A boring rating scales that other people do. But this month, yeah. by this month, I mean, what are we in now? June? Yes. Uh, probably the... First or second best PlayStation Network. I'll say second best because they're only down to two games now instead of five. Uh, right now, for free on PlayStation Network, I got, first of all, Sonic Mania. Yeah. Which I've been holding off on getting. That's a great one. Because I wanted a physical, but the physical is like that $70 one with like a fake Genesis and stuff in it. Yes. It is over the top. Um, so I got that for free. Um and then I got, which we talked about this last time, the only game I ever have, like, come back and beat after the fact last month. you remember? Mm-mm. Borderlands. Yes, that's, yes. So, Borderlands, they call it the Handsome Edition? Yeah. Free right now. Oh, that's PlayStation awesome. Network. And it includes, like, Borderlands, Borderlands 2, uh, Borderlands the prequel, yeah. and, like, 18 d- DLCs. Like, all of that in one bundle. They're gonna. They're probably getting people ready for Borderlands Three because it's coming out soon. Yeah, which is, maybe that works for certain people. For me, I'm like, no, I've got a ton of Borderlands now. I don't need a third one, <laughs> right? Because like, I, I, if you if I started at one, I'm not going to skip two and and the prequel to go to three. I'm gonna, right. So, anyways, cool. I'm very excited about Borderlands because yeah. I loved that, and I only had like five hours of gameplay to finish it last time. So yeah. I'm very hungry for more. Like now, I loved the first one. I that was one game I beat on the 360, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. I also um, picked up, I'm trying to remember the other Switch games. Well, I have my Switch in front of me here. Um, There's one I wanted to mention specifically. Of course, now I can't think of it. So let's just go, let's see, that button there. Um, This is very professional of me. (laughs) This game, Jotun, I've heard good things about that. Mantis Burn Racing, it's like a top-down off-road Huh. Kind of like super off-road kind of game. I've never heard of it. I played some of it. It's not it's not as good as uh, Horizon Chase by any means, but it's a fun racer. Yeah. Hyper Sentinel's a cool little game. Hyper Sentinel's great. It's like Uridium. Um, and I, 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 I remember when the Kickstarter was out for that, because that was a Kickstarter game originally. Yeah. And uh, I really wanted to, and I for some reason I just didn't do it. And Well, it's 99 cents right now, so Right, get it. so I should grab it. Do you like it? Uh, I haven't played it yet. Okay. I'm going to wait to hear from you because I... <laughs> it's 99 I, cents, Eric. No, nope, I'm going to wait. <laughs> good, I want to hear from you. Good man. Um, and I also picked up Dig 2 is what I was getting to hmm. because it was on sale for like three ninety nine. dollars SteamWorld Dig? SteamWorld Dig 2. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to wait till I get through Dig. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I will. I mean, I, I think I'm about halfway on, through. When it goes on sale, it drops to 4 bucks. So okay, that's yeah. A, that was Right awesome. on. Cool. A uh, couple last things. This is what I wanted to get to with the 8-inch floppies. I put my family through this. In fact, I just started watching it to see what they would do, and they all got sucked into it. <laughs> we watched War Games. Uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> Which my wife had never heard of. I'm like, come on. 
Yeah. And at first, first she was just interested in the fact that um, Matthew, uh, Matthew Broderick. Broderick was like sixteen. Ali Sheehan. Ali Sheehan. What I think. That's oh, the girl. Name, right? Yeah. I don't know her from anything else. So she's from, what? She was in um, Breakfast Club. She was. Yeah, the, I've never seen that. That's, uh, Oh man, come man, on! I was in '90. I was seven. So come on, man! I wasn't watching Breakfast Club in the '80s. Breakfast Club is a great movie. You should see that one. Not yeah. none of the, if there's any of those Rat Pack movies from back then or Brat Pack. Brat Pack. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's the one. That's that, one of my favorites. That's a movie that when I hear it, it instantly just makes me go like, I am not interested. I don't know why. Hmm. It just I would have to see it. Well, you, War Games is better. Good. I, like, I enjoyed War Games uh, very much. Uh, I love War Games. Even though the I had all kinds of... There's so many holes in there that was killing me, but still. That's the one retro machine I don't have is the Whopper. The, you don't have the Whopper yet? I'm going to get the Whopper. What was the computer he was working on? Is that an Altair or is that a... Funny thing is that is called a ISAM, I-S-A-M or something like that. Okay. Um, no, it's 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 not an Altair, but it's um, one of those computers that has all the switches in the front. Yeah, I, I mean, it's gonna... so archaic. I know nothing about it. And... Um, I know Chris Osborne again, Foztex on Twitter. He actually has one of those. Of course he does. And it has the acoustic coupler. He should have a room set up just to look like that room. I'm sure someone has done that. Yeah, his house looks like that. With like the little speaker in a random box. Right. Do you want to hear it talk? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Do you like to play a game? Yeah, that, that, that's... Uh, that's uh, almost what they call microcomputers from back in the day. You hook terminals up to it. You could put multiple terminals that feed into it. Um, but it had an acoustic coupler. I, lo- I, did, I, I haven't watched War Games in a while, but I love that movie. It's great. Yeah, it, was, it was awesome. I remember watching it when I was in high school, and even then I knew it was archaic, but it yeah. was still just so cool, the concept of this guy doing that stuff. Yeah, the only Hacking. thing similar to that to, that I have is probably my TRS-80 Model 4, because I can pull off the look and feel of that but not really it's not that computer yeah yeah it's still newer than that one huh oh my my trs 80 is much newer than that one that yeah. one was probably a good seven or eight years before that one wow the, the, the one in war games yeah and then he uh did some fracking where he touched <laughs> the phone to the to ground on the phone and got a free call or whatever and i remember yeah. trying to get into like printing freaking. manuals and freaking there you go yeah, and then I, just I, today I saw. Um, hate to admit, Rob. I did that a lot when I was <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. I, the, one of the first little hacking things I ever did was I bought this little pocket dialer at Radio Shack. It was so that you could put it, hold it up to a rotary phone and use use uh, touch tones to dial. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. it had a legitimate which, purpose, which it does in war games. Essentially, records the right. The, yep. The security guy's uh, key combination. Yep. And so what you could do is there were these text files on BBSs back in the day, and I read this text file and I opened it up. I swapped out a resistor, and it, I could hold it up to a payphone and hit a button, and it would be the quarter tone. So it was almost oh, yeah, like yeah. it's yep. called a red box, and yep. I could basically hit that, and it would be like a quarter dropped in, and I could just hit it over and over and make long distance calls all day long. Yep. That's that's as far I as still as have I it. It's in my drawer at home. They're all different. There's like a red box and a yellow box and a blue box and a green. They all have different things, all yep. purposes. And of course, me not knowing or not having access to wire it in to make any of that stuff. Yeah. Don't, I read the whole manual going like, oh, I'm going to make this. I'm going to do this. But the only one I actually did was, this is so bad in hindsight. Never do this, kids. Not you can anymore. <laughs> was just to shove a piece of tissue up the coin door so the coins wouldn't come out. Yeah. Come out later and pull it out and get money. <laughs> Which is just straight theft. So right. I apologize. Right. Uh, not, I don't is. even feel bad about the phone company. I just feel bad about the people whose coins never came out. It's a victimless crime. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Someday I'll, I'll it's a minor I'll, crime. I'll but tell it's you crime. some things I did as a kid that you not on air. Yeah, <laughs> get too serious here. Um, 
I did play this. This is kind of news. I guess it's news. So I'll hold off on that. Uh, you and I did play uh, LRU and me or LRUD. You and me. Do you remember that? No. What on was the Genesis. That? Yes, yes, so yes. It's like that's cold right. beer. There's an arcade game called Cold Beer where there's two, there's two buttons, left and right, or actually two joysticks, left and right. You press up on the right one, and the right one will go. The right uh, motor will move a guy up on the right side, or down, and the left side a guy moves up and down. And there's a metal bar between them that can extend. Yeah. And you literally have a ball resting on that bar. It's in a vertical machine, kind of like a pachinko machine. And you're just trying to lift guys up or lower them to make this ball go up the table without falling in any holes the higher you get up before you fall in the hole the more points you get yeah and this was basically a new uh genesis homebrew yeah it was a japanese game i actually saw on twitter but with a post with all japanese and wrote in english hoping someone could respond like i'm like what is this game and it's l i can't even say l r u d u and me which is left right up down you and me yeah and it's almost like a mix between hot beer and like bubble bobble or the way it looks yeah it's it's hard to wrap your brain around it at first. If I I would have need I would need probably a more like twenty thirty minutes of just fiddling with it before I could be like I got it. I would love to make this a high score game. For okay. Our show. Well, we should try it. I, I, I'm gonna. Is that is that a free download? Or you yeah. Have to buy it. It is a free download. Okay. Yep. I'll grab it. Give it a shot. Is, I mean, it's hard. So the thing I would admit, I would say, your left guy, your left side is up and down on your pad, and then. Uh, standardly your a and c buttons are up and down for the other guy which didn't work for me but you can go into options and change it to whatever you want yeah so i had up and down and then if you look at a genesis pad start is right above a so i did start and a so that the upper button is up and down the lower button is down so up down and up down okay. that worked for me yeah um but anyways cool game um anything else should we crack a beer and start some uh, battle of the systems sure let's do it all right, go ahead and crack open a beer. We'll talk about that in just a second, because we're starting our battle. Fresh glass. Battle of the systems. <laughs> All right, so our battle this month was Splatterhouse. Yes. Uh, both on... now. We do, we do these battles. They have two games with the same name on two different systems that ended up being completely different games. And I kind of bent the rules a little bit on this one, even though I kind of didn't. Um, the two systems are actually both uh, foreign systems, really. Um, we have Splatterhouse on the TurboGrafx-16, but it's really a PC Engine game. And that is Splatterhouse 3, right? Nope, Splatterhouse. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. I said Splatterhouse 3 last time. I was wrong. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, so anyway, Splatterhouse on the TurboGrafx-16 and or PC Engine. And uh, the other game on the NES, but not the NES. It's a Famicom-only game, although if you have an EverDrive, you can play it on your NES. Uh, it's called Splatterhouse Wanpaku Graffiti. Yes, and which is a game I never heard of or saw before, and it is awesome. We, and we will compare them shortly. Yes. Um but really quick, the Splatterhouse 3 thing, I'd mentioned that because I was thinking the Genesis games. Splatterhouse 2 and Splatterhouse 3 are on the Genesis. Okay. And for whatever reason, I thought that was still on the TurboGrafx. It wasn't. So it's actually more direct comparison than I originally thought. Okay, good. You played the right game because there is not a Splatterhouse 3 on PC right. Engine. So. Okay, good. So this is Splatterhouse versus Splatterhouse, except as we'll talk here, the Splatterhouse is a near 
arcade port on the Triple Graphics. The one on the uh, Famicom is a chibi game, basically. Uh, what do you call it? Super Deformed, as they call it in Japan, SD. Yeah. Which means Super Deformed, if you guys haven't heard of that, which means, you know, the little tiny body, big head. Yeah. Um, don't people call that chibi or something? Chibi, yeah. Is that, is that another name I've for it? I really too, yep. don't know, but yep. I remember seeing hearing something about chibi games. Yep. It's a chibi game or super deformed. Hopefully, game. I'm not saying some kind of like I know, right? racist yeah. Japanese thing or oh, something. I, oh man, I heard another podcast and he totally made like a, a a huge slur. He did not know it was a slur. Yeah, but everyone was laughing so hard because they knew he was innocent about it. Oh, but it, I'm not going to mention it. But it was hilarious, and they left it in the show. They could have edited it yeah. out. So he, uh, the whole rest of the episode, he was just you could hear you could see the redness on his face through the microphone. Um, so, anyways. Want to talk about this beer for a second? Yeah, let's absolutely talk about this beer. So, this is the Gordon Biersch Martzen. Mm, oh, yeah. Mar- Gordon Biersch Martzen is one of my favorites. Yes, and I think this is just a rebranding, but I was intrigued because okay. they call it Cliffhanger Martzen. It's got to be something different. You think so? I really don't know. I don't know if it was a rebranding or if this is the actual old school Martzen, but I love it. Uh, if it's the original one, I love the original. Yeah, I do, I do too. Well, let's try it and see if, it, if we recognize it. Yep, Gordon Beers, which is out of it's San Jose, California. Beautiful color, golden. Little uh, uh, yeah, dark, little darker. darker than the last one, but not too much. Cheers to you, sir. Mm-hmm. That that tastes a little different. So maybe it is different. That tastes different to you. I mean, it's hard to tell when you don't have a reference point. I remember the the previous Martin hat was a little, as you put it last time, more to take. This seems a little more. Um, yeah, you know, I think it does taste a little different. I think this is a little easier drinking. Yeah, it's good. It is good. Yep. You got two winners today. They, I'm not, I'm not thank sure which you. one I prefer, but... Yeah, um, that's that's tough. That's They're tough both one. right there. I'm, I'd probably say I'd tip my hat a little bit to London Pride. Okay. But I do love Martz. And I, I remember I used to buy six packs of these a couple of summers ago and just was kind of you ever get stuck on a beer where you love it so much you just drink it like mm-hmm. over and over again downtown brown yeah i, I had a, a i had a period for downtown brown yeah <laughs> a little period That's of time yeah so beer aside yes this will never be a completely aside it's always right here um, you did have me panic because i was worried i played the wrong game that yeah, would be my a disaster bad, my bad. that'd be a conversational disaster which one do you want to start with uh, let's see. Let's start with Splatterhouse uh, on the on the Turbo Graphics. Perfect. That's where I started. Okay, because that that is where I started as ha- well. Have you played much Splatterhouse Arcade? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. I, I mean, not a lot, but I I've played it. All right. So yeah. describe uh, Splatterhouse. So Splatterhouse, um, you are a guy that is moving right on the screen. Um, you in in this game you have you can pick up weapons you're beating the crap out of enemies um your guy is a pretty chunky size character big sprites probably what a quarter of the screen yeah maybe yeah maybe even a little bit bigger yep um and you beat these guys down the music is great in this game i don't know if you want to talk about it now but i mean the music is very haunting yeah very Uh, i mean it's it's chaotic where it needs to be chaotic, but it's, it's very inspired by like 80s slasher yes, horror exactly. films. Yes. And uh, yeah, I guess we should mention that. You're a guy. I don't know if he has a name or not, but he has a mask. I don't know. What would you call him? 
He's Jason like, Voorhees. Yeah, he looks exactly <laughs> like Jason. It's bizarre because he is Jason, which is from uh, is Friday, the 13th? Friday the Thirteenth. Yep, and he wears the you know the hockey mask. I guess it's kind of a hockey mask. He no, yes, yes, because Michael Myers wears the rubber William Shatner yeah. mask. <laughs> William Did Shatner. you know it's a William Shatner mask? No, I had no idea. Yeah, That's I awesome. read that online, and it's true because the they they verified it. It's a William Shatner mask turned inside out. That's hilarious. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's hilarious. I didn't, yeah. I was like, where do you get a white mask like that? <laughs> but what's interesting about this is, and I can't confirm this, but I've heard this in the past, that the reason in this game, he's wearing a, I mean, he's straight up ripping off Jason Voorhees yes. wearing that mask. And he's kind of chunky fat. But like... he's chunking fat, but Jason Voorhees wasn't. Wasn't he just a normal dude? No, I think he he was kind of big. I don't, not, okay. I, fat's the wrong word. He's kind of like uh, stocky. Yeah, well, he's ripped. I mean, he's strong. Probably, yeah. You never see it because he's got all sorts of clothes on. But um, Oh, in this game he is. In this, in game, this game, yeah, yeah. yeah. In this game he's ripped. Yeah, but you'll right. notice he has a red mask. It's not a white mask. It is a red mask. His is your character's, yeah. Correct. Remember in the mirror level, which we'll get to, like the guy comes out and he's a mirror image of you, but he has the black, blue, kind of yeah. blue, black mask. So I, I think I've heard they did that for copyright really? reasons. Okay. Yeah, let's just make it red. <clears throat> I don't okay. know if that mattered or did anything, but I've noticed there's a ton of elements though of other uh horror genres put into this game. I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed that. Like the flying chairs and Oh knives. yeah, there's Dead Alive. There's a lot of uh, not Dead Alive, um, Evil Dead. There's a lot of Evil Dead stuff. Evil Dead, there. Poltergeist, there was like a little yep. TV showing something. Um there was another it one. It's a love letter to 80s slasher it, it, Exactly. So, I mean, it pulls a lot of elements, but you're, I think you're right. Friday the 13th is probably the main one, especially his weapons. I mean, he's got a machete for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, he's got a stick, spears, harpoons. So I thought this game would be very different than the Famicom one. Okay. And that's because the only Splatterhouse I've actually played is Splatterhouse 3 on the Genesis, which we can <clears> talk <throat> about that a little more later, but it's a completely, it's not a completely different game, but it's a very different game. Okay. the way it plays yeah okay um but this is i mean like you said it's just left to right it's a it's not even a platformer it's like it's just a action hack and slash like if anybody's familiar more with the amiga it's more like kind of an altered beast kind of game you're just yeah, but, moving. yeah but good but um, good exactly exactly <laughs> um and so we should talk about you have energy like like or the life you have hearts which are physical human hearts Phys- exactly and i have that they're, they're physically human hearts and that if you run out of those you lose a life which happens to be a mask up in the top right corner you have three masks three masks yep which are your lives which are your lives and luckily you get continues you do get continues there is an item indicator in the bottom that shows which item you have in your hand because you can pick up weapons that are just laying around. And now what you almost always have a weapon in this game, which is nice. Correct. Well, yeah, you do. But if you don't, you do kick or punch. You can punch or you can like do a jump kick. Correct. Yeah. Which are effective. They are pretty effective. They I, are. There's a shorter range. I had to do a couple boss battles with just kicking and punching. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, controls are very tight. They are. They're very for, good. For as big as you are and things, like it's easy to kick and punch things. Yep. Um, you get to points where you have stuff coming from you all sides and all heights, and you can jump up there and punch that one thing and then drop down and kick a guy and then quickly turn around and punch another guy, and, and you're going all over the place. And um, yep. it's kind of a management thing. If you let it get out of hand, you're going to get knocked around a bunch, especially in the later levels. But um, if you manage and hit everything as you're going, then it's very doable. Yeah. Um, simple but solid controls I put down here. Um, your five hearts for life, your masks. Um 
up and down interact with things. There's like a few things during the levels that you can interact with. Yep. Um, oh, one thing I like, which is a big thing for me, no time limits. Okay. Yeah. No time limits. There are no time limits. Okay. Which yep. would ruin it for me. So that's. I wrote down here uh, a lot of Lovecraft influ- influence as well, which you'll yep. notice again, my Cthulhu shelf there. I'm very into, uh, yeah. you know, HP Lovecraft and his style of horror. Um, this, I don't know if you noticed, uh, when you turn the game on, there's a warning. Yes. And I wrote it down because I thought it was hilarious. Go ahead. <laughs> so it says, the horrifying theme of this game may be inappropriate for young children, dot, 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 and cowards. <laughs> <laughs> so every time you load this game up, you get that. Um, stage one, uh, there is these kind of monsters, which you see throughout the game, and they vomit when you punch them, and you have to watch out for their acid vomit. You have to jump over it, yep. Yep. Um, uh, there are leeches by the fireplace. That's kind of the boss, that, which is cool because they you'll see them like wor- wiggling around in the background, about to jump out, and then their heads pop out, and then they jump out at you. So you can, as soon as their head pops out, you can punch them or hack them and kill them. Right. Um, and at this point, you've got I think a big butcher's knife that you're attacking things. No, this is a bat. If that one's a bat. Yeah, this one's a bat. Yeah. Um, uh, stage two, you end up in the water, and there's these spike balls that because you're like waist deep in the water. These spike balls, you have to jump over. And, uh, there's swamp monsters, so you're jumping over spikes that are scrolling by while at the same time attacking monsters, um, and then eventually you get to this the infamous furniture attack, attack phase. That's what I was gonna say. The boss <laughs> at the end of this one, because the boss in the first one was like, yeah, the the almost like guts and like weird. I don't know what it is. Like the 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 bad guys come out of like this pile of guts on each corner of the screen. That was the what I called the um, leeches. Okay, that's what. You, okay. And then this one, you're right, has a room, and the, I like the music in this one. Um, it's it gets very chaotic, and yeah. then all of a sudden, chairs are flying around at you, and knives are just popping up, floating in air, and then shooting down at you. Which you have to punch the knives, exactly. Which apparently that works. Yeah, sure, <laughs> it works. Have you ever tried it? I have not. Well, I don't. Do you want to try that after licking <laughs> NES or uh, exactly. switch cartridges? Let's punch some knives. Let's punch some knives. Please don't do that at home. Um, stage three, you get introduced to zombie dogs and you get a shotgun for your weapon, which shoots across the whole screen, which is nice. Yep. Jumping over uh, spike pits. There's, um, uh, well, chainsaw guy. In this the one. dude with dual arm chainsaws. That's right. Dual arm. Yep. Which is very, uh, evil dead. Yes. Or actually more army of darkness where he loses a hand and shoves his hand and makes a chainsaw hand out of it. And, um, you're just blowing this guy away with a shotgun and, um, I mean, you get to the point. I, I mean, I wrote down every level here. I don't know how much I should go through, but because I, 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 I'll tell you where I got. I, I got to the fourth boss, the rotating heads. Oh, I love that. Oh, wait, that was that. A, oh, yeah, circle, float, floating circle yeah. heads. Yep. That's as far as I got in the game. Oh, okay. No, I, I beat the game. Um. Yeah, I really like this movie. What What I found interesting is there was a classical music number in the game, mm-hmm. and I kept hearing it. And I'm like, oh, it must be you know free use music, so they put it in there because they don't have to pay for it. <laughs> when you beat the game in the credits, it says original music by Chopin. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, you say original music, does that mean you're you're crediting the original artist, or does that mean? I would hope they're. Ori- it comes across as like this is an original song for the right. game by a guy who's been dead for hundreds of years. I would hope they they mean original artist. But yeah, you never know. Um, so many cool. Cool. Uh, there's hands eventually that are jumping at you. You're jumping over um, piles of guts. Uh, 
there's uh you like you said the the mirrors on the wall that things eventually start jumping out at you and attacking you like yep. copies of yourself yep um i got to that part because that's in towards going to the fifth boss i think uh stage four yeah because i think i got past the fourth boss and then i was i thought the mirror thing was very interesting um one thing i really like about this game is it, it it's a simple game but it gets really hard i mean i i think it ramps up to, the difficulty ramps up quite a bit and I know you beat it, but I mean, I, I got to the point where I, I, I don't, I, I couldn't beat it with all the continues, mm-hmm. but there's nothing complex to remember about this game. You don't have to memorize any combos. You don't yeah, have to memorize that there's, it's a simple game, but it gets very challenging. And, and I liked it. I liked it for that, for that reason. And I found it that it was kind of a, uh, was medium difficulty that kind of got a little bit harder, but I don't, I would never, I wouldn't call it hard personally. Right. I think if I spent a ton of time on this, like, like just could devote the time, I think yeah. I could. Cause I, on my first try, I got with my first life, I got to the fourth boss. Yeah. See, that's pretty. So that's, I could have beat it, but yeah, I yeah. eventually just ran out of time. Yeah. And I took, I spent one day on this, <clears throat> tried to play it through until I ran out of continues. Okay. Then the next day I tried it, ran out of continues, although I was very near the end. Yeah. And then I did it through and beat it. So took okay. three run throughs. And see, I only I literally <clears throat> spent probably three total hours on this game, so I didn't get I didn't get a chance to beat it, but enough to get the gist of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, great game. Do you want to give it a score? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I I, I have How to say, how many bloody knives <laughs> out of twelve bloody knives? Even though I didn't beat it, I I still um, out of twelve bloody knives, I'd give it a ten. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'll I'll I'll, I'll join with you there. Yeah, I was going to say eleven and a half or. Oh yeah. wow! No, I'm, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no. no. Okay, I was going to uh, say that you said ten out of twelve, nine and a half or ten. Okay, ten seems floating around there. I mean, it's not. I'll probably go back and play it like once a year now because I did just have a blast doing it. Yeah, but it's not endlessly replayable. But the cool thing is, every level is so different. There's always something new. There's nothing repetitive about it except the gameplay, but that's a good thing because you get very familiar with the gameplay. Yeah. You just attack and fight whatever's next. It's is... one of those kind of mindless games that I'll just like what I equate on the Commodore 64 to uh, Load Runner. Yep. Like when I just want to feel like playing a game that I'm familiar with and I like, I'll just throw Load Runner on. Yeah. Can't go wrong. This is kind of going to be probably that game for me on a on a Turbo Graphics. So one Paku Graffiti on the Famicom. Yeah. How is this different? Okay, so for this one, um, I do have a weird little story on this one. I got to the third boss on this, and I wanted to keep playing it, but my composite cable I used for my NES wore out because I was moving it back and forth okay. to one of my computers that I was using um, to the Apple, to the Apple IIc. I was using it, moving it back and forth, so my composite cable wore out, and I stupidly only had one. So I got to the third boss on this one, and that's as far as I got. Okay. Um, but... Um, one thing I really like, so with this one, as we discussed, the guys are chibi, so they're very small, kind of, especially car- compared to the cartoony sprites, arcade yeah. or turbo graphics version. Yep. Um, they're, how do you explain like that? Like they're roundish, they're kind of chubby roundish, yeah, there you go. big heads, <laughs> like their heads are almost as big as their body. Yeah. I guess that explains it, right? Yeah. And anybody that knows anything about any kind of Japanese games this is pretty a common recurring theme with Japanese games. I mean, yeah, they usually do a spin off, a side, 
a yeah. tight end, a side story, right? Uh, yeah, there was one like a pocket fighter game, like a Street Fighter type yeah. game that had like that and that I really liked. I don't remember the name of it, but but anyway, so you have these little guys. Um, there's an energy meter on the left side. It goes up and down. It's a vertical meter. Instead of the hearts. Instead of the hearts. Yep. Um, there is an enemy count number up on the top. And I, I didn't know. Oh, is know- that what that was? Yeah, so that's an enemy. So every time you kill an enemy, that number increments. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. And at first, it's like like 1 of 10, 2 of 10, 3 of 10. When you hit 10, your energy meter goes up a little bit. Oh, I didn't realize that. It goes that. like one notch. I should have realized that. It's, it's like, like a level. Like a yeah, it's, it's like a level indicator. So it's always, you level up in this game, which yeah, I thought was a I really neat element. I saw the life element. going up, but I didn't know how that was happening. Every time. So then then it'll be 30. 1 of 30, 2 of 30, 3 of 30. Well, thank Once you, you do that, Nelson, for explaining boom. that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a very neat element because that's all there is. There's the energy bar and there's the enemy count. Which and is more than the turbo graphics, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, sure. Um, well, there's no weapon indicator in this game, right? This, yeah, but either have it or you don't. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought that simplicity was pretty cool, and and I and I and I'm you know talking all big man, but I didn't realize that level thing until I was probably an hour into it. I was okay. like, I don't understand what's going on. I saw on. that thing up there, and I, I was like, I should look that up. Yeah. I don't know what that is. And I didn't look it up, but I figured it out because I remember rolling it over from twenty to thirty, and then all of a sudden I, I hey, I have more energy when you go Ding! through, and then yeah. you're like, oh, that clicked. When you go through this game, you when you hit some enemies, you will launch a little candy out of them. <laughs> yep, that gives you health. And that puts you up one notch in the health some meter. Some portions had a lot of that, because then you yep. needed it for the next boss or whatever. So when and, I got a bunch of candy, I'm like, uh-oh, something's coming. And what I found out is that the levels are pretty much for you to get the candies yeah. to fight the boss. And yeah, and this one, instead of playing through one long level and having a boss, yep. there's like four little like mini sections of levels right. and then a boss. And you go and you turn to face the the door, and you go through the door on each level. So there'll be different yep. doors on each level. Which happens a lot in uh, Splatterhouse 2 and 3 on the Genesis, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you noticed, too, some doors are closed, and you can go into them anyways. They're like little secret rooms. Right. Um, so anyways, yeah, a lot more uh, upbeat. A little, everything's cute and fun. Um, the controls, to me, felt a little slipperier. They weren't as as immediate. As the as the other game, yeah. Um, so just let me just run through some of this stuff here. You start in the graveyard. Your dogs are there again, and uh, uh, I wrote heads come off. I'm trying to remember what that was, but uh, you have these little purple slime monsters you're attacking, and then the first boss you just start laughing immediately because you have Dracula pop out of the ground, <laughs> yeah, and then all right. of a sudden stage lights start flashing, yeah, and these like purple slime monsters pop up. And they do it is for a full thirty seconds. They dance to Thriller. I That's mean, it's right. not technically Thriller, but right. it's Thriller. And then you finally uh, has nothing to do with the monsters or the Dracula until the monsters just come at you from the side. And Dracula like throws this thing up in the air, and these three little projectiles kind of fall to the ground. You just have to miss them and kill the slime monsters. You never even attack Dracula. You basically just kill enough monsters that he goes peace. That's he right. Does the two finger peace thing, <laughs> like he's taking a Japanese photograph. And then sinks back into the ground through a little invisible elevator, and then he's gone. Um, in the next level, they also have a. Uh, this is, you know, a standard in both games. They have the library level where books are flying around at you, and you're attacking books. That's right. Um, my favorite boss battle is this one. Do you remember the creepy doll head? There's a, yes. There's a doll like yes. a life size doll sitting on a bed. 
Yep. And it, it would be really creepy if it wasn't so cute looking. And of course, it flashes and goes dark. The lights goes out, and its head turns to like evil and starts. The head starts flying around, and you have to attack the head while chairs are attacking you. I was going to say there was chairs too. The furniture. Yep. Yeah. So you can ha- attack the chairs. If you hit the chair, they stop moving until you hit her head again. And then they come back to life. Right. Um, so you had to kind of balance. Do you want to hit her head or, or stop the chairs from moving? Um, the English on this was really bad, which was hilarious. Yes, it was. Um, one of the there's a little cutscene at the end of every boss, and the one I remember specifically, you're heading towards the next level between two and three, and it just says. Be garbage of cesspool. <laughs> I don't know if that was like a threat to you, like you are garbage, or I don't know. <laughs> be garbage of cesspool. Um, do we get to a point where there's spiders? This one game, you can actually climb up lap- uh, ladders, and there is some platforming yes. in this game, which there wasn't in the other. Um, there was a knife chicken fight. Um, I don't know how far you got in this game. I, but... that, so I didn't get that far. Okay. Uh, this is about where I dropped off. You eventually started getting burger power-ups. Uh, there's a cool part where you beat a boss, but then you fall through the floors and, you, floors, and you actually fall through like seven different stories of this mansion. So I caught it. I saw a video on that part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I And it was cool because you, you went all the way down, and then you had to work your way back up, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's in Splatterhouse. All these games, in theory, are you walking up to a mansion and then fighting your way through the mansion. Okay. Which kind of yeah, provides yeah. the storyline. Of course, this mansion is so big that it has a full sewer system below it <laughs> uh, with spiky balls that float around for some reason. Um, there's the sewer scene. There's a rat boss. That's probably my one, my second favorite boss. The boss battles in this are a lot more creative. Yeah. The, this rat boss is really cool. It's a big green rat, and it kept throwing smaller rats at you that you had to, as wind was blowing through the sewer, you were being blown back, so you're kind of like fighting against the wind, and you had to attack these rats as they were coming at you, and if you missed one and it hit you... Uh, hitting you wasn't as bad, but then it knocked you all the way back, and you had to start your way back again. And all you had to do was get your way past all the little rats without getting hit, so you can get to the big rat and cut it in half. Oh, wow. I didn't see that so, part. So cool. It sounds great. Yeah, ah. it, was, it was good. Yeah. And then they totally ripped off the Ninja Turtles, because the next boss was uh, a straight-up fly boss, where there's two little like teleporters, and the fly goes on one side, and human goes the other. And they converge and become uh, a fly man. It becomes, I didn't see that. Or like, or uh, what Jeff Goldblum's The Fly movie, right? Yeah, The right? Fly, yeah. So they just ripped that off. <laughs> um, then there was like a pentagram goat boss. Um, just like in the first game, there was, I didn't mention this, but there was a boss where there was like your girlfriend yelling, help me. And then like she turns into a bad person and you have to fight the bad person out of your girlfriend. Um, Wasn't there one where like alien things were coming out of her chest? That's the last level. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Because so. those were totally like aliens, hug, uh, face huggers, like in yeah, the yeah, aliens yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, so one of the hidden levels was you go into a bathroom and you fight off a toilet plunger. <laughs> and you get nothing for it. You just go in there and do it. So I thought that it was interesting. Anyways, yeah. what what rating would you give this one? Uh, I'd give this. Out of 12, <laughs> 12 uh, white Jason Voorhees mask because it's white in this game. Yeah. Um, I would probably give this one out of 12. I'd probably give this one a... From what I've seen of it so far, maybe a nine. Okay. Did, yeah. you, you liked this one better than the other one, didn't you? Um, I think I did, but they're both right there. I mean, if we're going to limit it to 12 whatevers, it'd be right there at 10. Okay. Um, the controls are a little slipperier, but you cannot, in my mind, you cannot play this emulation. Well, you cannot play it on a flat screen because there's lag. Too much lag. I could not play it with the lag. I had to play it on actual hardware with the CRT. Hmm. It became much more playable. Yeah, and I played I, all this. I played on a CRT. 
Okay, yeah. Both of these, yeah. so. Okay, cool. Cool. No, I, I, I liked these two games, so. So which one do you pick? Who wins the battle? Who wins the battle? Hold on. I'm going to say the Turbo Graphics. Okay. I think we might be split, but it, it's very close. So either way. Which so what? what uh, you can't cop out though. What you think it was the the? I like I preferred the Famicom the one. It had a little more challenge and um, lasted a little longer. But I love the feel of the Turbo Graphics one better. Okay. The feel of it. Yeah, nice. I, I love them both. So you can't go wrong with either one. There we go. Awesome. Well. Uh, in about two weeks, we'll release our next episode, and we're going to go ahead and do our news. We're going to go ahead and do our six good Nintendo 64 games. And um, Oh, boy. What else? Uh, Cody, <laughs> Cody's Corner and Eric's Take and all that. So yep. we hope to see you guys soon. And in the meantime, remember, it's, <laughs> it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>